podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to episode 388 of Film Masters. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Foster, hello everybody. And... Kamado Joe. <laughs> if you are a patron, you will know what that means. <laughs> uh, $2 a month to find out what that means and other bits that we will throw at you. Uh, can we get it out of the way now? Uh, we are a Pod Syndicate podcast. Um... You can find us and loads of other podcasts, including Beyond the Neon, um, Chinstroke vs. Punter, his film, her movie, Entertainment Landfill, What's on Tap, the Iron Sequel, all the bonus shows, the Rewatch Project, and loads of other stuff. Uh, check out YouTube because uh, Noel uh, built a Gundam. Uh, that was very fun uh, to watch. Uh, so check out that. Uh, check out YouTube for other bits that we will put on there um, going forward. So, yeah. That's that's that bit done. I was keeping out of the way. What we got? What have we got in store this week? Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you all. Uh, before have... you tell them, uh, before you tell them, Mark, I would just like to say that I, Kamado Joe, am proud to part- partner with artisans who create all natural charcoal that burns longer, cleaner, and better. You rabbit holing, Ian. <laughs> no, I, Kamado Joe, just want to talk about my partnership with artisans becky <laughs> well that's fair back to you mark uh, well what i want to talk about is raya and the last dragon uh, the latest disney offering um, and coming to america the latest eddie murphy offering on prime prime video uh that's gonna be our two main reviews we'll have a bunch of what we've been watching and um uh, we've got some questions we might have some trailers i think i've seen one uh, and we'll have all the other bits that go on etc um coming for you in this show but first of all ian what's in the news well before we turn to the news mark i'd just let you would like to let you know that i commando joe feel that instead of an afterthought or inexpensive necessity i know that charcoal is the very essence of a great outdoor cooking experience and now flavored wood chips on them for when you're smoking uh, i'm sorry say again you can put wood chips on them as well obviously for if you're smoking stuff well, no, I know, I know. I mean, I use dense wood that is painstakingly roasted in traditional outdoor ovens to create the world, world's largest, finest lump charcoal. That's good stuff. That's some good charcoal. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just need to tell you guys before we get to the news, I work with Argentinian charcoal masters and I developed an exclusive blend of free hardwoods. So legendary legendary for their density they are fucking thick kings that they are called axe breakers by the local argentinian folks so the bafta novels came out uh this afternoon and uh while we 
they're different. Um, so, you know, uh, BAFTAs over the last few years have had quite a lot of, uh, of um, uh, flack, which is quite right that they should have for uh, their lack of diversity. Did you know? And I'm not going to go into a, a, I'm not going to go into a fucking Mardo <laughs> Joe. It really kind of sounded like I was going to. Did you know that BAFTA have never nominated Denzel Washington for anything? <laughs> really? Apparently so. What Denzel's the fuck? never even been nominated for anything. For anything. That's fucking crackers. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So they had a diversity. Multiple, multiple Academy Award winner and nominee Denzel Washington. Yeah, man. Even as like a producer, you know. So so said a film journalist on Twitter whose name I forget, but I recognised their name. And it was like that person knows what they're talking about. Fucking crazy. So yeah. Um. What what seems to have been the difference this year is that the nominees uh in in general have been picked apart from best film apparently the nominees have been picked by a jury um and it's really interesting because you look at best film and then you look at say best director right let me pull these up i just need to get away from my uh my web page my commando joe web page um So, backing out the nominations in full. Thank you. That's what I wanted in the first place. So, best film. So, this is from the whole membership. The Father, The Mauritanian, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, The Trial of the Chicago 7. Director, Another Round, Baby Teeth, Minari, Nomadland, a film I honestly don't know how to pronounce... Quo Vadis Ada um, and Rocks. So Quo Vadis Ada, it I, I assume is an art house film. I don't know much about it. I honestly don't know much about it. Rocks is uh, quite a well-regarded uh, film out of the UK, which I believe is on Netflix now, which going to need to catch up with. And then yeah, another round, Baby Teeth and Ari Nomadland. Mm. So you know, for best director then. The Father, The Mauritanian, Promising Young Woman, and The Trial of Chicago 7 for Best Film, but not Best Director. Only Nomadland gets in with both of those. Hmm. That is the difference between a jury, like, kind of saying the best, like, films of the year, as generally director and film line up in most of these things, and what a general membership would say. Uh, it's interesting. Hmm. The, right. So looking at those, um, the best film ones, for instance. I mean, the one that actually stands out as the little bit of a, really? On that list. Um, and I liked it. Uh, I liked it quite a lot, to be honest. Is Trials of Chicago 7. So it doesn't appear to be nominated in anything else at all. It's such an odd one. Which, yeah, would... It, it's nominated for better, uh, original screenplay by the looks of it. Um, I'm, just having, I'm, I'm, just having, I'm just having a look. But it's Aaron Sorkin. Of course it's fucking going yeah. to be. Um, but, oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry? 
yeah, it's there. Best original screenplay. So yeah, but I mean, I I, I get what you I get what you're saying though. It's like it's a best film nominee, but it's only got what like two nominations. What's that mm. about? Um, and yeah, I, so the thing is, I saw the best director nominees first, and I was like, holy fucking shit! I mean, Quoverdi's Ada, I think I've seen it about on Twitter. Could not tell you what that film is about in a million years, and that's because obviously I. I need to educate myself a bit more, you know, and I, I will seek it out. And I think as a way of highlighting these are really fucking good films that you should check out, the director list is a far more interesting list than best film. Um, even though I think people saying Emerald Fennel doesn't get a best director, what's that about? Uh, you know, is probably a fair point if a promising young woman is getting in for, for best film. But who, who's to say? But I mean, like the, the Shannon Murphy, who directed Baby Teeth, she must be. I mean, like it, Baby Teeth, good film, has been fucking nowhere in awards buzz. Do, 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 do you think, though, that the good reason for, why... Good for the reason why uh, Emerald Fennell and uh, Aaron Sorkin are not nominated in direct category is they're both nominated in screenplay category. Yeah, maybe. I mean, th- 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 and this is, you know, uh, full disclosure, in our chat earlier on, I was saying it kind of feels like the jury are trying to spread the wealth a bit here. Mm-hmm. You know, um, nothing is landsliding. And may, the thing is, though, maybe that just reflects a mental year where no one film has really taken the 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 the, the film consciousness by the balls. Yeah, There's the, the you know the, the one that seems like it's going to amass the most um, in awards season is Nomadland, but it's not the it, it's not the name on everybody's lips. If that makes sense. No, no. I mean, it, it, I'll be honest. Nomadland feels like a winner by default because everybody likes it. Quite a few people love it, but no one who, who's seen it seems to go, "Nah, it was shit." Yes. Yeah, I, 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 you know, and I mean, especially with the Oscars Best Picture, it's a preferential ballot. That's the kind of thing that is going to drive Nomadland home to winning Best Picture. It, oh yeah, you know, it's going to be everybody's third or fourth best film. <laughs> Yeah, that, that that's yeah. It, it is going to be. And the thing is, I don't want to damn. I, I don't want to damn Nomadland with faint praise. I like the film. I don't love it. I could see. I could see other people loving it, but it doesn't necessarily feel like that one that everyone is rallying around. Whereas the father just hasn't been seen widely enough. Same with the Mauritanian. I mean, at least. At least the Mauritanian is coming out on Prime at the start of April, so people will have a chance to see it before the BAFTAs and the Oscars. The Father was scheduled for a release in January, is now TBA, because this is the fascinating thing about all this. There are a lot of these films that, quite frankly, haven't even got a British release fucking planned um at, at the moment because of all the shit. You know, Nomadland, it was announced last week that that's going to be on Disney Star after award season yeah what, what wow okay fine um <laughs> I, I you know i suppose for the for the uh, the overall disney plus audience selling it as this won the oscar the, and the bafta this year is better than saying 
it's been nominated for yeah, an Oscar that, and a BAFTA. That's it. They, 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 if it's no, yeah, that, that, that's it. They're, they're, they're banking on it winning so that they can go. Well, I think I said on, the, on, on on WhatsApp when we were chatting about it the other day, so they can literally just go, "Hey, that film that you that you don't know about, that you didn't hear, that you hadn't heard of or anything, um, you know, that, that just won the Academy Award. Yeah, it's on here next week." Yeah, I mean, uh, which is you know that that's Most interesting. Can get half an hour into it and go, nah. <laughs> I, I'll, dude, come on, you haven't you haven't seen Nomadland. You I, know, have, I know. I I'm just I'm just speculating based on the fact that you're preaching to a certain type uh, of people, and that yeah, film okay, seems okay. very breezy. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's. That film is more interesting than it kind of seems like it's going to be going in. In the same way as I I would say is that the same thing about something like let's say Mank for instance. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. see people getting half. If it was Mank and it was the other way around and that was the film there, I would be saying that people would get half around it and go, right, this is in black and white. I don't have a fucking clue what's going on. Bollocks to this, no. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think, I think that's fair. I mean, Mank wasn't even in the top ten Netflix for, uh, films in its first week, you know. It, um, yeah, and I mean, Mank does show up in some technical ca- categories. It's got multiple nominations actually. Uh, I've just counted four, just scrolling through this. Um, but you know, I, I, it's like this has given me a list of films I need to catch up on, right? Yeah, outstanding British film. Calm with Horses, the uh, the Barry Keoghan film. Yes. Haven't seen it yet. The nope. Dig. Haven't seen it yet. The Father. Haven't seen it yet. His House. Limbo. Haven't seen it yet. The Mauritanian. Haven't seen it yet. Mogul Mowgli. Fucking A. So happy to see that yeah, there because it's better than Sound of Metal and Riz yep. Ahmed is better in it. Yeah. Uh, Promising Young Woman rocks and saint maud so you know that's what four films out of the ten that i need to actually fucking watch brilliant um the weird thing is though is so you've got uh morgan morgan gets nominated for film but resident gets nominated actor for sound of metal and um paul racy gets nominated for (laughs) best supporting the Sound of Metal as well. Yeah, I mean, I, to be fair, I think Sound of Metal is an American film, so that would that wouldn't that be able to it. compete in British film where there's an extended amount of nominations. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Paul Racy, I, I I actually think I'll be actively annoyed if he gets a Best Supporting Actor nomination, but I think that's more because that role fucked me off in Sound of Metal. Um, yeah, I. But, I mean, supporting actor, Daniel Kaluuya, Barry Keegan, Alan Kim, who plays the little kid in Minari. That's incredible. Fair play. Leslie Odom Jr., Clark Peters for The Five Bloods, the one acting nomination The Five Bloods gets. And it's not Lindo or Bozeman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm surprised that they didn't go for the, 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 the BAFTAs. <laughs> didn't go for the British actor. <laughs> yeah, quite, quite. I don't know, Clark Peters is very, very good at it, I think, as well. It is 
I, I know a lot of people have said it. It is fucking mental how Del, Delroy Lindo is just getting shut out of everything. It's so weird. It is. But I do think he's going to get the um, Oscar nom. I, I mean, oh, oh God, that would be great. It just, it just doesn't have any heat coming off of him whatsoever. The little kid from Minari has got a better chance of getting nominated for supporting actor at the moment, I think. The thing is, I think if Lindau gets the nomination, I think he wins it. Yeah, I, Kaluuya is in. Leslie Odom Jr. is in. I think Paul Racy is pretty much in. Um, supporting actor, you got folks in the trial of Chicago 7. Sasha Baron Cohen, for fuck's sake. I'm actually kind of surprised he's not in supporting actor here. Um, and then a fi- and, and then a fifth, you know, uh, it, it's yeah, I, d- I don't know. Um, supporting actress, Neem Alga for Calm with Horses, Koza Ali for Rocks, Maria Bakalova for Borat, Dominique Fishback for Judas and the Black Messiah. Good on her. Ashley Madik. Madekwi for County Lines. I've got no idea what that is. And the grandma from Minari, Yu Jung Yun. Very glad to see her there. But again, so many bloody films to catch up on. And this is the first year. We'll end on the BAFTAs in a minute. But this is the first year, and I don't know how long, where I'm like, I am watching the BAFTAs. Like, I. If you can, because sometimes they make it quite difficult to do. Yeah, I mean, that that will be interesting this year. Um, you know, will they really delay it for two hours just to have what's essentially just like people Skyping in? Like that 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 would be that would be odd. Like, because the whole the whole thing with the BAFTAs is like you've got the red carpet and all that. You're not going to have that this year. No. Do you not just go in, do two like two hours, just have it be just click along? Get the fuck out of Dodge and do it live. We'll see. That's what you'd want, wouldn't it? It'd it make more sense. It would. Um, yeah, I don't, it, it just really, really interested, interesting stuff. Animated film, Onward, Soul and Wolfwalkers. For the love of God, BAFTA. Can you just give it to Wolfwalkers? Soul's going to win the Oscar. Let them have the fucking BAFTA. So that that rocks and calm with horses are both on Netflix. Yeah, need to catch. Very much need to catch up. I've heard I've heard really really good things about both of them. Yeah, they've just not been. I, yeah, I, just like with the whole lockdown and whatnot. I don't know. They feel like they're going to be potentially heavy. I don't. I but I don't know. Maybe that's just me being uneducated. This yeah, I mean, this I, is all I, I, said I, to me that I need to pay more attention. I'll say that. Yeah, it's you know the fact that you've got a couple of nominated films there uh, that have been available to watch for some time now. <laughs> and and last week we covered the Tom and Jerry movie and two wrong turns. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, 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 man. You know that that's. I think it's a good um, reflecting it back on us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you know when, when, when people say, the problem is with like real big fandom things, I think the gatekeepers for everything, where, where they're going, no, we don't. <laughs> we don't. I mean, this is the, and 
I was thinking, like, Calm With Horses, that was playing in the cinema over the summer. Yep. I could have gone to see that. Yeah, like, I, I, it, I've, just, yeah. I've just read a bit about it. It, it sounds really good. <laughs> Fuck. Uh We'll get we'll get this stuff watched before award season, I think, you know. But just um I wanna see the father as well. You know, like I I've heard Anthony Hopkins is great in that. But yeah. again, the father, you know, it has got a screenplay nod, it's got best film, but Hopkins and Coleman nowhere to be seen. Yeah, and they you know, when a couple of months ago they were like hotly tipped as this is gonna be they're just gonna sweep the bars and everything. Yeah. Yeah, quite. It's wild. I mean, I'm having a look now. The most nominations is seven. Nomadland and Rocks. Six, The Father, Mank, Minari and Promising Young Woman. But Mank, it's all technical. And yet it's still got six. Five, The Dig and Mauritanian. Four, Another Round, Calm With Horses, Judas and the Black Messiah, News of the World, Again, technical, Sound of Metal, and three, Child of Chicago 7, His House. Got to say as well, His House, the the woman from His House getting a Best Actress nomination, wild. But, I mean, and, you know, deserves, she's really good in it, you mm. know, but that's just not a film that you would consider would be would be doing that, even though I will say her getting a Best Actress nomination and Moffid Clark for Saint Maud not getting one, considering how much people fucking bummed Saint Maud. That's surprising. It, 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 she, she's nominated for outstanding um, breakthrough, isn't she? What more? Uh, the um, the the girl in Saint Maud. Yes. Okay, fair. But again, that kind of shows this spreading the wealth thing. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like. The fact that Nomadland, which is just like the hot, the awardsy film of the year, and then Rocks, it, you know, and, and it just it, like I say, it feels like a scattergun, and that's that's absolutely fine, you know. I, there were still some people on Twitter grumbling about, you know, Delroy Lindo not getting a nomination and whatnot, but to be fair to BAFTA, it kind of it almost feels like them releasing this and just going like, are you happy now? <laughs> yeah. Is this what you wanted? Have we got it yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And do you know what? The the answer in general does seem to be yes. It's like literally they've, they've sat with it all on a big desk and gone, right, what have we forgotten? Like, right, we haven't got any Ethiopian farmers or pirates nominated. Like, right. We've no more room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, good on them, and I'm I'm glad that film Twitter has been like, hey, this is actually pretty great. It, yeah, it's, it could be it could be fun. It could be fun when 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 there's there's no film that gets more than two awards. That's quite cool. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably what's going to happen. Fair fucking play, BAFTA. Good on you. Uh, what Oscars next week? Watching? Right, without remorse, I'm going to, I've been talking a lot, I'm going to stop in a minute, but without remorse, right, the first 90% of the trailer, I'm like, yeah, looks all right, I would see it in a cinema if that was available, but this looks like a good weekend watch for me, and then, well, 
I've never seen someone light a fire, light a car on fire, and then get into the car and like shake someone down before. Yes, I will watch the fuck out of this. I yeah, want more of that, please. It literally, you do, you watch it going. Oh, all right, all right, all right. This has got this has got Tuesday or Thursday night written all over it. Doop doop doop. What? What? <laughs> all right, fucking go on then. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, We talked about Call Me By Your Mickey last week, didn't we? We did, yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, Anything else? (laughs) uh, We watched that Voyagers uh, trailer, didn't we, Becky? You watched it live on the show last week, bud. We did, yeah, you're right. I knew we watched it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thunder Force. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's a Netflix movie with um, Octavia Spencer and Melissa McCarthy in it that's kind of like a superhero one um, looks like the budget was about 80 quid um, and if it's anything more than 96 minutes long I will probably not watch it but if it's under 96 minutes long I'll, I'll give it a go but only because it's got Octavia Spencer and uh, Melissa McCarthy in it. Beyond that, it looks a bit shit. <laughs> I'm I'm up for watching Octavia Spencer and Melissa McCarthy together. That's the key thing. Yeah. Um, and it does make me laugh that this cottage industry of Melissa McCarthy's husband literally only directing films that have Melissa M- Melissa McCarthy in it continuing. You know, super intelligence went straight to HBO Max. Got a got a limited theatrical release over here before the, the cinemas all closed up in December, uh, but was much delayed. And now this one is straight, is is a Netflix film. Um, not entirely sure how well that bodes, but you know, when I'm thinking about what we're going to cover on the show and I'm shitting myself about content, this just feels to me like, well, at least we got maybe something to talk about that week if nothing else is out. Yes, that's yes. about that. That's the level of enthusiasm for me. Yeah, and I'd I, I, I'd say that it's that's probably what's going to cause us to watch it. Um, so yeah, right. Well, moving on from fucking trailers because there still really isn't that many. Uh, I think that'll hopefully start amping up in the next few weeks. And I, 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 I will say just on on that, uh, Quiet Place Two is coming out. I want to say the third of June. Yeah. With previews, the bank holiday Monday before that. And Ben Wheatley's new film, The Green Earth, it has been scheduled for mid-June. So things are starting to roll. You know, like, you know, if if we're going to get trailers like two months before things come out, you know, we're going to start seeing marketing for things starting to come out o- over the next few weeks, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes. But the fact that, I, I, just a quick tangent, if the cinemas are open on the 17th of May, it feels to me like Black Widow is literally out over here on the 17th of May. Yeah. Um, then the week, no, two weeks after that, it's Cruella and Quiet Place previews. Week after that, Quiet Place comes out. And then you'll start getting all the other stuff that was dated for June, July and August as well. It it will ramp up 
it will ramp isn't, up. Isn't fast now the end of June? End of June. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then Quiet Place moved up from September to basically take around when Fast was going to be um, coming out. Um, uh, Top Gun Maverick is now... I think that's just been pushed back a couple of weeks to the end of July. Um, but the same studio moved Quiet Place 2 up like three months. So I don't think there's anything to read into there. Um, but it feels like all, all these ducks are going to start sitting in their rows pretty soon. And the summer movie season will be ever so slightly delayed. But touch wood, it feels like there actually will be one this year. Yeah, I think I think that's... I think they're definitely planning on it, so fingers fucking crossed. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. Um, so yeah, moving on to our first main review. Oh my. Where am I? Pengu? Amba? Prani? Are you here? Oh mighty Sisu. Who said that? Ah! Hello? Hello? <laughs> oh, oh I'm sorry, and I didn't see you there. <laughs> Not too bad, just a little dusty. Let me get that for you. <laughs> You are Shizu? And you're people. What's your name? Raya. I, I'm Raya. And you're not made of stone, which means... It worked! We did it! You hear that, Pengu? It worked! I didn't mess it up! Is that food? Oh. I was so focused on saving the world, I forgot to have breakfast today. Today? When exactly do you think today is? Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> I mean, mm. <laughs> what is this delightful culinary treat? It's jackfruit jerky. I tried it myself. Well, compliments to the chef. <laughs> Want to finish the skippy? <laughs> uh, Sisu, there are a few things I need to get you up on. Oh, yeah? You broke it! Way of the Last Dragon uh, is directed by Don Hall and Carlos Lopez Estrada uh, and stars the vocal talents of Kelly Marie Tran, Aquafina, Gemma Chan, Daniel Day Kim, Benedict Wong, uh, Sandra Oh and Alan Tyduck. Uh, and what is the story of? Uh, well, I'm going to continue my, um, my plot synopsis of just stealing it from um, Amazon because uh, Amazon from uh, IMDb because better than what I'll come up with. Uh, it is, long ago in a fancy world of Kumandra, humans and dragons live together in harmony. However, when sinister monsters, known as the Droom, uh, threatened the land, the dragons sacrificed themselves to save humanity. Now, 500 years later, those same monsters have returned, and it's up to a lone warrior to track down the last dragon and stop the Droom for good. So, Ian... Straight off the bat, what I'm going to come out here and say is I, for what is it, just so that this makes sense, I didn't get on that well with Ray and the Last Dragon, but I know Ian did, and I'm not about to start harshing people's high on things. But I do have a question for you, Ian. Hmm. Say you're the ruler of a kingdom, right? And you have this, this really important gem and you you know part of your you know ruledom is that you have to look after this gem would you hire some guards maybe uh i'm gonna say no because 
because they all um, live in a socialist world where people coming in from an outside environment has only happened for the first time that day. And I don't think that he counted on Raya befriending a little girl and that little girl tricking her. I mean, you still have some guards. I feel like they know that, that the other people want it. And it's not like there's a big... Like, they could get in, couldn't they? Sneak in. Spies and shit. Yeah, I just feel like... I'll probably at least have a big dog. Well, it's just like, he's the guard for it, and he's a single dad who's running an entire kingdom. There is his pre-adolescent daughter as well. She's only just been made a guardian of it, though. That is true. So, yeah, it really bothered me, that. It did Like, it really bothered me. (laughs) However, beyond that, Ian, um, right the last dragon... Fucking loves it. looks fucking beautiful, doesn't it? The what does? Dragon design aside, it looks fucking beautiful, doesn't it? I'm fine with the dragon design. Worked for me in the context of the film. Thought it was all right. Also thought that when she turned into a human and she just had fucking bizarre manic energy about her, I was fine with that as well. Um, I feel like you've got... You've got this situation where there's Disney who can animate people. Yeah. And Pixar that can animate things. They need to talk. I <laughs> know. Oh, like, talk- the thing is, the like the, 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 the actual animation of the dragon is fucking fantastic. Like the hair. Like I know I remember when um, Monsters Inc. came out and everyone was so fucking caught up in how they'd animated Sully's hair. The dragon's hair in this looks just just perfect. Yep. And like and when she goes into the water and she gets wet and it's like wet hair, it just it's it's so fucking well done. But they just look like long my little ponies. With pointy noses. They just but... they've made them too cutesy, like in, in the context of the world where everything else is quite I mean not realistic because like Disney but it's got they just look out of context for the for the environment that they're in for me and why are they all pastel colours I was asking Ian this Ian enjoyed it I want Ian to tell us what, what, what he enjoyed about it because I want to I want to feel you want to feel positive, like. positive energy yeah that's it yeah I, I mean like people like things I liked the hair <laughs> I'm glad you like the hair Bex I, it's I the like only the hair. thing I like. Like I'm not being I'm not being negative. I'm just saying I particularly <laughs> like the hair. Every time it showed the hair, I was like, oh, that looks so good. Anyway, sorry, Ian, carry on. No, it's all good. It's all good. I mean, so yeah, I mean, like we talked about the um the the second trailer that came out for this a few a few shows back, and um I was saying that I thought it was interesting. It said from the 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 people who brought you Moana, um, and I was like, right, okay, that's an indication. And this does very much feel like they've like taken some steps from the, like the Moana playbook. And I am a noted fan of Moana. I consider the coconuts quite regularly. Um, so when it, it said that, I was like, right, OK, let's go. And I thought it was an absolute joy um, as a family film that you know it is trying to four quadrant it 
I thought it had some really fantastic action sequences, like very well, like blocked out, like live action feeling action sequences. Um, I always like when the main like threat isn't the one that that has like the conversations and whatnot. You know, it's more like an existential threat and um, almost like the never ending story um, where, you know, there's not like a lead bad guy, like the human bad guy in this isn't really bad they're human you know and i thought Gemma chan was uh was very good in that role i thought raya was great and I, I, I thought kelly marie tran brought some real warmth to her um the con baby big hit in this household lots was all about the con baby um fucking loved it um i i i, I thought the dragon was great i'm i i aquafina absolute delight in it i, I i've got to say um I, I could see this being on fairly heavy rotation if, you know, Lottie seemed to be more into films around the time that Moana came out, quite frankly. And the amount of times that girl has seen Moana, dearie me. But if she was like four or five now, Raya and the Last Dragon would be on some heavy, heavy rotation. It'll probably be on more heavy rotation for me, to be honest. I for it was I, I thought it was a real delight um it's not necessarily trying to blow any minds with the with with, with the story but I, I i thought the message of look sometimes you just have to have a bit of faith in others that they're not gonna fuck you over um you know <laughs> I've, 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 I thought that was quite sweet. Whether it actually applies to the real world, I don't know. Um, but I yeah, like. I, I don't even think it applies to this world. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Uh, well, the the trusting people worked once. <laughs> no, but yeah, but it's the not trusting people that fucks so many things up. It's yeah, it's it, a. Uh, it's an odd one, I think, the, the, the message in it, in that it, it's, there's a, there's a, a two-way kind of way to look at it a little bit. There's the, the, the trusting people, and that doesn't work, and that's because they're mistrusting, and it, it, it's all kind of raveled up in, in that. Um, that's certainly there within it. But yeah, I mean, like, the film starts because those people want the gem, because they want to have the power because they don't trust any of the other areas. Mm. If they all just chilled out and trusted each other, like if they didn't try to do that, they, they all came together. None of this shit in this film would have, would have happened. But conversely. Yeah. If Rhea's dad had have not trusted <laughs> them and just hired a couple of guards. None of this happens. But that's not necessarily... Yeah, I... Uh... And also, also, he's trained all of his life and he's the sole guardian of it. Oh, no, you must leave me now. 
throws it over the thing because he got what shot in the leg with an arrow. Yeah, that really, really fucking annoyed me. It really annoyed you, didn't it? Yeah, right. You're on the fucking bridge, mate. You throw your daughter over the edge of the bridge. Even with your dicky fucking leg, you could launch yourself over it and not get turned turned to stone. That that really annoyed me. It was a bitch about that fucking leg. All right. So it sounds to me then that the biggest problem for you guys were and, and fa- just say fair enough, because I was obviously just into the film enough that I was able to kind of like let this stuff pass me by. But it sounds like there was enough. Well, why is that happening then in the film to kind of click you out of it? Is, is, am I understanding that right? I think so. It, it's yeah. The problem is you've got you watch a film like Moana and you go fuck great they found their beat again they can do it they can do it they can do it this is great and then something like this in comparison it feels quite inconsequential and I think a lot of that is story based like like you're saying there's if if the stuff that takes you out of it and there just isn't in Moana there is there is so much richness the story and flow to it that it just pulls you along what's this moana whereas this it's like you're looking at it and you're going hey mate you've been shot in the leg with an arrow there's mothers that lift fucking cars to rescue their children the adrenaline would keep you going just turf yourself over the edge of the fucking bridge you dickhead what i will say is i, I think i probably prefer this to moana though no moana's better um and like and right as you quite rightly pointed out when waste of space fucking leader of heart or whatever it's called gets brought back to life he's just been turned to stone really in his head yeah like and his legs fine yeah so he's just been a little bitch big fucking faker like, i can't be bothered with these like these years of being raya's father i'm just gonna let her grow up on her own and be stoned for a bit she'll sort it out yeah, yeah. but i i what, what, no, see, Ray was a bit of a dickhead as well, wasn't she? <laughs> what did you like about it, Becky? Hair. Apart from the hair. <laughs> Do you know what? No, because I, I don't want to. I don't want to shit on it. It wasn't for me, but it isn't for me. It, I'm I'm nearly forty years old. Granted, I'm a girl, so I mean it's a bit more for me than it is for you. But it, it isn't aimed <laughs> at me. Smash the fucking patriarch there. But you know what I mean? It's it's like a it's it's an empowering. Disney, and you look at it and you go, we've come a long way with Disney princesses from your fucking Snow Whites and your Cinderellas who are basically just pathetic and waiting to be saved to your Moanas and your Rayas that are, that are actually actively participating in their own um, salvation. Yeah. You know, they're, they're working for it themselves. They, they see a situation and they try and resolve it and they're not just going oh but there's no man to help me and you know and, and from that point of view this is fucking great for little girls to watch and go oh but look she's doing it all herself and then that other one who's also a bit of a bad dickhead but could maybe be redeemed and has quite cool hair um i liked her hair as well um you know that's that's also a girl and then this this other lady who's running this whole place that's actually one of the only places where everyone's not being turned to stone so like a successful that's a lady. Oh, this is really quite cool. Ladies can be, you know, ladies can be powerful and, and do stuff and be successful and they don't need to necessarily have a manhole in their hand. That, that is a great message. There's just, I think you're right, Ian, there's too many bits that you look at and you go, 
nice because you wouldn't do that and then it, it does it pulls you out but I am analysing it as a grown-up. A child watching this is going to be just like, ooh, that dragon's cute. I would like a soft toy of that. And I want to be Ray when I grow up. Which is I mean, it's what it's there for. You see, that's the thing. Like, Lottie was watching it, but was also kind of like walking about and was obviously disengaged at some points. It's more like, I want to be Raya when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, there's a moment in it um because i i take issue that there's one conceit that 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 he gets thrown at uh, in um especially computer animated uh kids films whereby they'll put a flight sequence in because it can look spectacular in animation and it fucking bugs the shit out of me mm. right i've seen rules what what why does that bug you? That was lovely, that sequence. I, I hate it. I hate it. Why does everything always have to have a flight fucking scene in it? When it takes away from <laughs> earlier, you had a shot where they're on that boat going down the um, river, essentially. Mm. And there's a wide shot of the boat going across. I looked at it and went, literally, if you took a snapshot of that, I think you could quite easily pass that off as just being a photo. Mm. It was incredible. Mm. And it made me go, holy shit. Mm. And that, for me, that was the holy shit moment. Mm. And I liked their little fucking Apocalypse Now journey that they had uh, with a lot of them <laughs> on, the, on the raft thing. That was fucking cool. I, I, I quite, there's, there's so much more of this movie that I enjoyed than I didn't enjoy. I, I really, 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 really like the fact that it didn't feel the need to fucking cram a song in mm. it it went yeah. for it and went no we have the fucking balls and the courage of our conviction that we can that, that this movie doesn't need a song um it, it can survive on its action and on its story which is it, the story is simplistic but i think simplistic stories kind of work better you know mm. a lot of Grown-up movies, the simple, simpler the story, the better the movie, often. Just in response to something that you said earlier, Ian, um, about the baby, con baby. I hated the con baby. Hated it. Why? I really, I don't know. I, I don't like babies. So <laughs> it's because you don't like babies. That could be part of it. I don't like baby voices. They, they can shut up. And I didn't like the weird little fucking mutant creatures that it was with. Didn't like that. Loved the little boy in his congee boat, though. Absolutely adored that. That he was just like, oh, well, my parents are stone and I still need to make a living, so I'm, I guess I'm just going to make the best congee on the river. And I, I loved that, that he just kept trying to feed everybody. <laughs> that boy is making shit work for him. It is true. And um, I really loved that character. Really, really, really liked that character. Aquafina as the dragon slash uh, human fucking aerial dragon thing uh, was was quite into there and the light. For the most part, there was one point, and it was quite early on, and I was like, oh no, no, she's doing that whole Aquafina bit, and I was like, I don't know if I can get on with this. But then it got toned down, and it was the bit where she was like, she was talking about being a good swimmer, she's like, um. I'm, I'm really good in the water. Uh, like, like I'm, I'm really fast and stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, she goes like three or four different water I guess you know what I'm saying is, that I'm a strong swimmer, and it's like, yes, that's fine. 
shut the fuck up. <laughs> but then it, they, they didn't do that with her again. And I think that's potentially script writing going, oh, this is a thing Aquafina does, so let's put it in. And then they calm down with it. They seem to go a little bit Aladdin genie with it. Yeah. Um, with, with, with that. They had like this explosion of what is it? And all this energy came out. And then it, it, it very much softened. Um, and I, I quite I quite enjoyed her as a, a as a character, both as a human character and a what is it thing. I loved her as the human character. She was so funny. Yeah. It just yeah, like that character design as well, where she kind of just looks like in 30 years time she's going to be a mad bag lady but at the moment she just kind of looks like really good fun i like the bit as well where um they go to jump onto the thing to grab the first shard of the dragon gem yeah um and she's just because she's long her feet are still on the thing and she's like, oh oh we're doing a jumping thing okay and then just like hops across <laughs> yeah uh, However, oh, however, utility sword, right? Yeah, that was a bit silly. Utility sword, Raya shoots it up into the top so she can swing across to it, but then when she goes back, she just shoots it right across and then she uses it to pull them across. It's like, why didn't you do that in the first place, dickhead? Because it was booby-trapped, and if she'd shot it into it, then the booby-traps would have been solved. She could have shot it into the side, though, what is it? Come on. Come on. Could be all booby-traps. Do you know what? If I was the... If I was the parent of a younger child, I feel like I would have loved this more. If I'd have gone to the cinema to watch this, uh, I'd have, I think I would have been very happy to have seen this in the cinema. I'd have been more happy to have seen this in the cinema than seen it at home. Yeah. Uh, Agree. Absolutely. It is, it is cinematic. No matter what. It, it, yeah. it, 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 it would have looked fantastic. It sounded amazing. I, I dare say uh, that I think I'd have got possibly a little bit more involved in it. Mm. Um, it's more on this, isn't it? It, it, it is, especially with things like this. Mm. But um, if, if I'd have taken a young child to see this with me, like our young child when she was younger, not just like a random young child that I just went, I'm going to take you to the cinema, um, then I think I, I'd have I'd have probably enjoyed it a lot more. I think watching this with a little kid that's really into it, you feed off their excitement and, yeah. and stuff for it, whereas we're just like. We're grumpy old people with a grumpy old daughter. So. It should have taken me to see it. Yeah, if I'd have taken Ian to see it, I'd have come out and gone, do you know what, extra star just for how much Ian was into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, yeah, yeah, the thing is, the more I talk about it, it's one of those where if we'd have recorded this, if we'd recorded this the night after I watched it, I'd have been a little bit more negative. I still wouldn't have been wanting to be too negative because I know Ian really liked it and I don't like shitting on people. What is a good time? Anything like that. But the more I think about it, the more I talk about it, the more I'm thinking, do you know what? Cheer the fuck up, Mark. It's it's a good mm. film. It's fun. It's got, what is it? You're focusing too much on the bits you didn't like and that's clouding all the bits that you did like, which are so much more than, than the bits yeah. that you didn't like. And the bits that you didn't like, you didn't actively hear. You just went, and obviously, there's the hair. I mean, I wasn't into the hair as much as you. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but like Ian says, that the the action is really well constructed mm. and well put together. It, it's the the apart ch- from that one scene where they're crossing the bridge and the dad's a bitch. Apart from that scene, yeah, yeah. that's just the dad being a bitch, isn't it? 
Uh, ah, uh, God, my leg. My leg. Oh, you go without me. I'll stand here and be dramatic. No, I'll stay. No, seriously, get the fuck out. <laughs> I want to be stoned. Leave me alone. Yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> We're in a kingdom, garden a thing on my own. Won't let me have your cards. There seems to be many other civilians that lived in that place, though. Lived with the what? With them. I'm not sure. Who fucking knows? Who fucking knows? Yeah. Definitely not shit. Yeah. Definitely not shit. Yeah, it's definitely not shit. I wish, the thing is, do I wish they'd designed the dragons better? More hair. I appreciate their dragging. (laughs) You are. The hair was really good, though. You just Um, needed more hair on that dragon, didn't you? I mean, that would have made it. Just a really fucking, just just basically like a soot sprite from fucking, what is it, (gasps) Miyazaki, but it's just hair. I fucking love that. Yeah. That would be really good. Um, do yeah, but do I wish they'd design them better and less cartoony? Yes. Do I appreciate that they're designing them cute and cartoony because they're there to appreciate to, to to appeal to young children? Yeah. I, I, and to sell toys. I, I do really like the fact that when they actually when she eventually found the dragon and came out, the dragon's first thing was. Well, I didn't necessarily do it myself. It's kind of, I was there. Mm. <laughs> it was fucking brilliant. And it's because they trusted her. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was that was the really well-hidden message of this movie, wasn't it? They didn't hammer that home super heavy-handedly all the way through it. Trust, 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 trust. That that bothered me. That really trust. Bothered. Well, our audience poll. Go on. Definitely not shit. Eighty nine percent. Wow. And shit eleven yeah. percent. <laughs> Are you a craft beer junkie? Do you eagerly anticipate the freshest IPA release from your local craft brewer? Do you check in every beer you've ever had on Untapped? Do you know the difference between a Belgian triple and a Berliner Weisse? Then do we have a podcast for you. What's Untapped podcast gives you beer reviews, interviews with the brewers, behind the scenes, access to beer festivals, games, and more. Whether you're a craft beer junkie or new to the world of craft brewing, What's Untapped podcast is something for you. Check us out online, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and now we are podsyndicate.com. And as always... Keep drinking, you dum-dums. This podcast you're listening to, pretty good, isn't it? Only problem is, it's about halfway through. Pretty soon, it'll be over. And then what are you going to do? Well, if you're a fan of this show, why not head over to wearepodsyndicate.com and subscribe to our brand new feed, Pod Syndicate The Bonus Shows. Every week, your hosts from Beyond the Neon, Chinstroker vs. Punter, Entertainment Landfill, Film Bastards, His Film, Her Movie, and What's On Tap will be dropping bonus shows right onto that feed. These shows might be collaborations and crossovers, or they might be archive episodes, interviews, one-offs, and other treats from across the Pod Syndicate network. So, prepare yourself for the inevitable disappointment of this Pod Syndicate show ending by heading to wearepodsyndicate.com and clicking on The Bonus Shows. Who started? Okie dokie.
So, um, you know, I think I'm firmly in fucking kind of comfort viewing for the most part at the moment. Should yeah. really push myself. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, then again, I mean, like, I have watched Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice, which is not comfort viewing. We'll talk about that on the Snyder cast, which I'm I'm hoping is going to be called Ian versus Noel colon Mark of Justice. Um, <laughs> but we'll see. Um, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun because I am I'm currently halfway through uh justice and literally it's like me to hit over the head with a fucking misery mallet. <laughs> I I will just say on here to kind of tease I think I like Batman versus Superman more than I probably should. <laughs> Um, the, the first step, but, the first step to admitting you have a problem, Ian. First step to solve a problem is admitting you have a problem. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's that. I, I, I find that film oddly watchable, but we'll, uh, we, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll talk about it. Um, so, other than uh, Snyder Superman films, I have watched. Uh, Dolomite is my name. Obviously, is a prelude to Coming to America, which we'll discuss later. Uh, five star banger for me is Dolomite is my name. Didn't like, didn't have the sheen taken off of it at all. I mean, first time I watched it, watched it with Mark and Noel in our in a hotel room pre Jordan's wedding. Was already drinking at nine o'clock in the morning and had a fucking fantastic time watching it. it Sober was, watch of Dolomite. It was a good time. Sober watch of it, still great. Um, Eddie Murphy is so fucking good in Dolomite is my name so is Wesley Snipes but everyone is very very entertaining but in the quieter moments it really works as well so um, yeah spot on next um, funnily enough talking about Moana earlier on so blank check podcast I I reference quite a lot they're currently doing um, Clements and Musker uh the the directors of moana of hercules of the great mouse detective that i talked about a few weeks back also fucking great hercules is fucking great they were also the directors of treasure planet treasure planet i love treasure planet now 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 this film i mean i'll direct you to blank check for the full clement and musker but they were trying to make Treasure Planet basically since The Little Mermaid. And Disney kept on saying, not this time, not this time, not this time. And Disney said to them, look, if you make Hercules or one of these other projects, we promise you we'll have a look at making Treasure Planet. They made Hercules, so they did Treasure Planet. Treasure Planet did not very well. Yeah, bombed. <laughs> yeah, like really, really badly. Um, and it's interesting because I think the worst thing you can say about Treasure Planet is you can see where they were trying to appeal to like preteen boys really, really hard and in kind of embarrassing ways. <laughs> I just to say, I really fucking liked this film. I really liked it. But about halfway through where there's a montage and then suddenly there's a Goo Goo Dolls song playing. 
really, really took me out of it. Like, very, very badly. But saying that, it the the, the film does rather slap. Um, the voice cast are, are great. Um, I mean, David Hyde Pierce as the dog kind of like astronomer guy who accompanies him and Emma Thompson as the cat ship captain who starts having a relationship with the dog. <laughs> brilliant. They're like fucking mental. Brilliant. Really like Emma Thompson having a ball in it, you know, just having a really great time, obviously. Um, the action sequences work. The idea that spoiler alert for treasure planet incoming the idea that it's not a planet that's got just treasure all over it, but literally the inside of the planet is full of treasure. I thought was fucking awesome. <laughs> right. That was great. Um, and yeah, I, you know, the relationship between Jim and silver, very well done. They get the paternal thing going very, like, it's really quite touching. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, Bex, you, you just sounded very effusive on Treasure Planet there. I mean, um, is, is I, this kind of one your um, earlier years? It, do you know what? I, I, I really, really I've, I've always really liked Treasure Planet. And what was the other one they did? I feel like it was around the same time. Did they do the Atlantis one around the same time? Atlantis, The Lost Empire, and I was maybe the next year or two. I yeah. want to watch that. And I always kind of mentally lump them together because they're, the, they're these two kind of forgotten ones that are just really fucking fun. It, they, they, they kind of arrived when um, when um, Disney stopped being cool or, or, or even sort of bankable or anything. They, they, yeah. they, they were... I mean, Treasure Planet came out, what, the same year as Shrek Same year as Shrek, I think. I yeah. think it might have been the same year as the first Shrek. Yeah. It, so they, they, they got they got left behind in what was sweeping around and mm. they, they seemed like they seemed like yesterday's news. Well, these and, are interesting stories. Like there's only so many fucking princess movies you can watch and still be interested in. These were different and it was just like, they were just so much fun. Oh God. Yeah. In, now I, I would say something like treasure planet holds up more than the fucking second Shrek movie does. Oh God. Yeah. It, Atlantis as well. I I adore Atlantis. I'm I think them this weekend. I think I'm gonna watch Atlantis this week because like it's got character design by Mike Mignola as well, which like is amazing. Like that that sounds great. Um, but the, the thing is as well, just mentioning Shrek, Treasure Planet. It's this mix of 2D and 3D animation, which I I, I think works quite well. I thought it was a really distinctive visual style and mm. it it worked for me. Shrek is ugly as shit. Yeah. Like Shrek the the Shrek films are fucking horrible to look at. They are and, disgusting. They always were the, though. People just ignored it at the time. And and they're they're films that just traded on whatever was kind of hot at the time. You know, like they they've got no pop like cultural value whatsoever. And Treasure Planet, I suppose 
doesn't have cultural value but that's on that's only because people didn't see it you know like i it, it, i honestly it's on disney plus now i i i, I wish I wish Disney would pay a, a you know pay a bit of love and give give some of these like un, under loved ones a bit of a 4K bump I'll say that but um yeah I I I thought it was cracking the goo goo dolls aside <laughs> re- just really worth a watch great great fun and I will probably be talking about Atlantis myself next week as well Bex yeah okay. it's on cool um and my oh no actually i've got two left um so in my uh new series of rom-coms on a saturday uh <laughs> so you know uh, well morning glory i mean it's a rom-com between rachel McAdams and harrison ford just being plutonic romance friends i think, um, I, I think you can call that a, a it, rom-com. It, it's in that genre in it yeah and then um 13 going on for uh, 30 which i talked about last week um after Ryan the Last Dragon, just fucking scrolling through Netflix, I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna stick this on." Uh, the Mark Lawrence directed music and lyrics. <laughs> right. Well, great. I had a I had a blast. I, I, I like music and lyrics. It's fun. But yeah, so um, it's Hugh Grant is a um former uh pop star or you know uh, the co-lead of a band called pop and now um he's kind of like a lyricist he's down in his luck uh a, 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 a seemingly incredibly young Haley bennett um is a um like a pop star kind of taylor swift looking but very very vacuous well seems to be anyway um pop star who engages him to write a song for her uh drew barrymore plays his plant waterer uh uh, which is a thing apparently um who seems to have a knack for lyrics so he writes the music she writes the lyrics and they they start having a relationship um uh, first off the, the the tunes that pop have quite catchy quite enjoyed them um the music video for for pop goes my heart i think the um the 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 song the main song's called it's great just captures the kind of like the late 80s music video kind of aesthetic really well mid to late 80s um i thought barry moore and grant had some really nice chemistry together it's not it's not like hot it's not like i want to fucking see him balls deep in her it's not that it's just quite sweet and they spark off each other well you know and um you know you just want those kids to get together you know it's got that kind of vibe to it um and i like as well that it's it's relatively like kind of low stakes as well like there 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 are dramatic flourishes but it it kind of feels like they're you know they're two actors where like it's not absolutely killing them inside when when there are problems that they have been around the block a little bit but and 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 you know it, it more focuses on barrymore kind of like learning to love herself and have trust in other people again um yeah, yeah just right in the last dragon yeah oh, absolutely um 
as a Saturday night kind of comfort watch, I, yeah, I had a I had a real time with it, you know. Um, and I'm gonna be delving into the rom coms of Reese Witherspoon at some point. So well, let's see what happens there. <laughs> that could be interesting. I I could soften on her. Like fair play. She's done well. She produces lots of good shit. Her art, I don't know. Her filmmaking heart is obviously in the right place, and maybe I just need to be less of a dick and have assumptions about her. There you go. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to grow. What can I say? <laughs> last one. My uh, Disney Star Watch for the Week. Not quite Spy Hard. Uh, Moulin Rouge. <laughs> Uh, how how first, how does that hold up? Moulin Rouge holds up actually. I watched it a couple of years back, and it's if you liked it to start with, you'll like it still. It's not lost anything, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, um, a bit pissed off. This isn't a 4K on Disney Plus. Um, this is one where if there was a physical 4K, I'd be buying it. Um, it, it insane looking film. Like the editing and the production design and the costume design and whatnot, it it's crazy. Um, and the whole idea of using kind of more modern pop songs in a, in a, in a, in a, a, a place that you wouldn't expect. I mean, it, it's interesting because um, they use "Smells Like Teen Spirit" in this, and I believe they use it in "Pam" as well. Um. Is it smells like Teen Spirit in Pan? It's like the introduction of um, Hugh Jackman's character. Pan smells like Teen Spirit. I think it might be actually, yeah. Uh, yep, yes it is. Uh, oh, let's see if I can play a bit now, just to see what the fuck that sounds like. Come on. Uh, awful right <laughs> but in Moulin Rouge it it works um yeah it is it fucking even though I'm having a brain fart now it is Moulin it is in Moulin Rouge isn't it I feel like yeah it's when all broke. the guy all the patrons of the Moulin Rouge are yeah. waiting for the dancers yeah, I don't know. For some fucking reason, I was like, hang on a second. Is it let me entertain you? And it's like, no, of course it's not let me entertain you. Um, even though in Moulin Rouge, those lyrics would make sense. Um, yeah, but it's yeah. Robin Williams' song. I think they were going for, for high hanging fruit. And that. Yeah, yes. Yeah, no, agree. Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely fair. But no, I mean, it, it, it works. And I think the first half of the film is just pure fuck it is pure cinema not to be wanky about it but it really is you know it's using all the fucking tricks that Baz Luhrmann can think of to kind of envelop you in a world um and the relate the chemistry between Kidman and uh McGregor I think works so well uh I I, I think they're pretty dynamite together and I I like the it's not really called out but the fact that he's quite young and she's not old but she's got experience you know and i i i like that vibe 
He's um, supposed to be quite naive, isn't he? And she's very yeah. not. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I I I I like how he breaks down her her barriers. Like oh, the the your song section is fucking incredible. I love that medley. I absolutely love yeah. that bit. Makes me tear up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The second half. I suppose it's just the fact that you know the Duke is going to find out at some point. You know, and, and 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 when it comes, it feels like almost like they're playing that out maybe a little bit too long. Like, I get that they want to be epic and it's almost like this film has to be over two hours because of what it is. But there's a part of me that's like the film's about two hours, five, two hours, ten. It's like, could we not have as much of McGregor being on the outs you know and 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 yeah you know, like the end of act two start of act three kind of feels like it's maybe a little bit too long for me um and especially when the audience knows that kidman is dying it feels like it's it, you know it's fighting these two misery wars when one would be enough um and but then the the ending, I think it, it, it then it really does ramp up and like John Leguizamo just bouncing around all over the place and the the general chaos of that, which then builds up to her dying and then the end of the film being as fucking low key as it is. I I'd forgotten it, it's been a while since I'd seen Moulin Rouge, and I'd forgotten how it ends with her dying and then. He's like, oh, after a few months, I started writing our story. And then it doesn't end on like a triumphant note of him, um, of like their story being performed or anything like that. It just ends on the the greatest thing you'll ever learn is to uh, be loved and to love in return in that kind of like the slow way. And then the orchestra's like slowly bringing things down to a close. And then the credits start and they're quite mournful as well. And, it, you know, it, it's... I, I think it was ballsy of Lerman to have quite a high high at the like towards the end and then have the last five, ten minutes be as quiet and sad as they are and then leave and let people go leave the cinema on that note. Uh, I, yeah, I, I thought that was interesting, but just the sheer like almost like druggy high of the first hour that's still kind of there in your system so you you still have a good feeling about the whole thing um heck of a film and also uh one last week the use of roxanne is amazing yeah that that, that's like for me in the second half i think that might might be the highlight um and the, the the way it's it, it it cuts between the the guy doing the the dance with the with the prostitute and um like uh, 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 Kidman having the uh, the the um the meeting with the Duke and that going wrong. It's um, such a grimy version of the song as well, and it? it makes you feel yeah. dirty watching it, like like just like yeah. wrong. 
Yeah, that that's the thing, and it's like, yeah, that that makes you feel dirty. But then, like the Roxburgh Broadbent, I'm a uh, I, I, I'm a virgin, like a virgin, um, <laughs> is incredible. Just very very funny. Like I, I I like how some of these songs are twisted. But yeah, Roxanne it is just like. I mean, they're doing the Argentine tango and, you know, that's quite a hot and heavy dance already. I know that from my time watching Strictly Come Dancing. Um, but um, there is some grime is a good word for it, I think. And especially because the the woman in that dance is the one who puts the idea in Richard Roxburgh's, the, the, the Duke's head, that mm-hmm. the two are, the two are having an affair. So there's kind of an extra fuck you about it. It's yeah, heck heck of a film. Heck of a film is Moulin Rouge, and it it came up after saying like, oh, suggested for you Australia, <laughs> and it was like, do God fuck on a weekend? Do I want to actually spend 165 minutes maybe watching? Hugh Jackman psychically connect with a stampede and stop him from running off a cliff. It it it, it is a little. Li- yeah, it, it's that, the there's about- a scene in it where that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The thing about Baz Luhrmann's career is he, he's not directed much. No. In 30 years, five films. But it's like Strictly Ballroom is fantastic. Strictly Ballroom is amazing. Yeah, I love that. Uh, Romeo and Juliet is. It's fantastic for what it is. No, Romeo and Juliet is just fantastic. Moulin Rouge. Um, it's fantastic. It, it's fantastic. It's one of those weird films that I could watch one day and hate it, and then watch the next day and love it. Um, and Gatsby is flawed, but but good. Mm. And Australia, just which is like his big passion project just doesn't work it just doesn't fit within within the rest of the movies either like the other ones you can kind of see the connective tissue between them thematically it's but australia just it's his benjamin button <laughs> yeah yeah uh, I, you know i mean he was behind that netflix show the get down that got cancelled after one season so bless him i think that that basically took a film off of us i i, I will say that's you know very quick tangent that's one thing that fucks me off about um uh the the peak tv is where you get filmmakers developing streaming tv projects that maybe do a season get cancelled you feel like well fuck we just didn't get a film out of them because of that yep anyway well apparently baz lerman has got something coming up called the master and margarita which sounds very lermany just from well, the title. It, and an untitled Elvis Presley that, project. That, that's the one that's Tom, happening is on what happened. Wow, yeah. Tom Hanks is Colonel Parker. Because he's making the Elvis um, one. Look at it. Shirley Ballroom was in 1992. Romeo and Juliet was 1996. And then it was Moulin Rouge was 2001. And then it was seven years before Australia. Mm. And it's been... It, it'll be like nine years before in between uh Gatsby and Elvis. Oh god, it's text off of Once Upon a Time in America uh Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, sorry, that's yeah. playing Elvis. Yep. Uh was that all yours in? Uh yes it was, yeah. No, I um it, it was a good time this week, I must say. Good, good. Becky, what have you been watching your own? What are you watching your solo? 
Right. So where did we get up to last time? We did flatliners, didn't we? Yeah. Everything after flatliners. Everything after flatliners. I oh, I only watched one film on my own. Go on, what? Uh oh. It's a film that you very much do not like. Go on. Toys. I don't mind toys. Yeah, anytime, anytime I mention I don't, toys. No, I, have, I have seen toys. I have seen toys more than once. I saw toys at the cinema twice, actually. Who'd you go with? Um, on my own. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've seen toys. But I, toys, one of those films I liked. I just never need to watch it again. It's so good, though. That's fine. It's so it good. It can remain good. I just never need to watch it again. I, I loved toys as a kid loved it which is probably weird because it's not really like a fun romp of a film for kids but it's 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 really quite dark, dark. isn't it yeah like what's her face um she's a robot and gets her head blown off and then gets fixed and she's all wrong at the end um michael gambon's just a bad dickhead oh Cool J's there. He ends up being a goodie. He just keeps on like, like camouflaging into things, doesn't he? <laughs> He's great, actually, isn't he? He's a little cool J. Very much a highlight. But then, obviously, Robin Williams is the highlight, and he is he's so good in it. And it's it's such a kind of it's such a sweet performance. Like you can't help love him he just wants to make toys that make kids happy and and then he's a bit upset because his his uncle wants to make war toys but he's not like a dickhead about it he's just like oh, I, I don't think this is really the company that my dad would want the com the 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 direction that my dad would want the company to take you know i think we maybe need to rethink it and he's he's just so lovely throughout it and then obviously then there's the big battle at the end in the model of times square and i remember as a kid like bawling my eyes out at all the toys that were fighting for them getting killed like it's because they imbue them with like these characters when he's talking to them and he's giving them giving the the, the, the toys this speech before they go into like battle it's like it, it kind of humanizes them it makes them into characters rather than just inanimate toys it's it's so good so good i love toys very good. Weird one that, in the sense that it, it, everybody who seems to have seen it seems to hold it in like a, a very special place. Mm. But it was a fucking financial disaster. Mm. It feels like a world outside the world as well, because obviously it's it, they, they live in like giant elephants and like there's there's all these weird buildings just in this green space. It's not like there's no city really involved there's no kind of recognizable landmark so it feels kind of otherworldly yeah 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 it doesn't feel like it's set in like a real world no and you know what i have to say this is what i'm loving about star is like the stuff popping up that i'm like fuck i haven't seen that in years it is like going in and searching the sales section in hmv or virgin used to be and and that i've really missed that in recent years with streaming it's very very selected what's available isn't it it's like you either have to know what you want to watch and find it and buy it or whatever yeah. or it has it, to be it's, made it's, available it's to algorithmed you. towards yeah. you yeah whereas this it's just like fuck toys is on here that's amazing fuck treasure planets on here that's amazing i'm i'm really enjoying it to be honest so, so you're enjoying having disney plus now 
Yeah, I wasn't before. It wasn't worth it before. Even though it was only six quid, it still wasn't worth it. No, but you've used it for a lot of content recently, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Content! Content! With quality content. Content! <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do mine that I watched solo, and then we'll do our troughed of, uh, of what we watched together. Our what? Troughed. Troughed isn't a word. You mesh made that up. Fairly certain it is. Um, um, 100% sure it's not. Rounders I watched. Uh, I constantly suggested it to you, and then literally the other week you went, I don't want to watch Rounders again. <laughs> I was like, oh, right. I've been saving this to watch with you, and you don't want to watch it. So I watched it. Um, I don't remember saying that. That's mean, isn't it? It is mean. Uh, you are a mean person. I'm a, um, I'm a delight. Fuck you. Rounders is, 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 is great. It really is just a really, it's it's one of those where it might already have it, but if not, in a few years' time, Rounders is going to end up having a criterion. Um, because it's just one of those sort of universally accepted as, this is a really good film. Why wasn't more made of this at the time? And it's because it was one of those films that kind of, it got released sort of just before Ed Norton and... Um, and um, oh, fucking hell, it's that. and Matt Damon became like properly bankable stars. Mm. Um, and I remember at that time they were more pushing it as a Gretchen Moll movie, and she's barely even in it um, for, for for that. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 fantastic. Malkovich is doing some acting, we'll say. <laughs> He's there, there's there's some there's some great Malkovich within this. Um, which is a lot of fun. Uh, and I believe, Ian, we covered this when we did a John Dahl uh, marathon. Yeah. That, God, that was that was many moons ago. That was many moons ago, yeah. Um, I also rewatched on my own uh, when you were... What were you doing? Mm-hmm. You were watching the last episode of WandaVision. WandaVision. Yeah, what, so you WandaVision. watched the last episode of WandaVision. So I went upstairs... And watched uh, the Duff <laughs> creation. Rewatched the Duff. Uh, <sighs> okay. The Duff. Sorry. Did you see the Duff Ian? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like, re- There's so much cinema out there. The mad thing about the Duff is, it's it's five years old, <laughs> and I'm, I'm including the 2021. So effectively, really, it's four years old, mm. right? Um. But you're watching it going, yeah, can you imagine trying to, <laughs> try to pitch this now? <laughs> have you, have you, did you watch The Duff? Yeah. Um, I like The Duff. It's mm. a fun movie. Um, it's Now, I want to cover holistically a different idea about um, coming-of-age comedy dramas. Um and say the problem is that when um, the John Hughes movies of the 80s came out mm. and um, it, it became a thing, and so many filmmakers went on to make films in the um, early to mid 90s basically when we talked them up so much. Mm. And the reason why they connected so much is what all these people used to say was. Uh, that John Hughes manages to write very well as if he's writing for, you know, young characters and how is he a manager to type, tap into that. Mm. Well, the problem is 
nowadays, when people go back and look at them, uh, in, you know, years like now, and they go back and look at Breakfast Club or you know the the Duff, even though it's only a few years old, um, there's a whole ream of these movies that are out there. They're looking they're back and looking at them usually as people being grown-ups, so thirty or above, and, and they're kind of forgetting the fact that these characters are allowed they're allowed to make mistakes Mm. they're allowed to have opinions that aren't correct they're allowed to have peer pressure they're allowed to succumb to peer pressure things like that because they are children this is what i was going to say and they are they're essentially their brains haven't fully formed yet (laughs) my issue with this kind of whole um retro review political correctness in movies is in in movies about teenage girls specifically teenage girls are shitty to each other if all cinema is made in this sanitized kind of bubble and that doesn't happen no one gets called fat no one gets made fun of for being gay or ugly or ginger or whatever then it still happens in real life but the kids that are going through it don't see it on screen so then they it denormalizes it to an extent where they feel personally victimized i think it's seeing it represented on screen makes you go do you know what yeah it's shit being a teenager this person's going through it as well but like this person's going through it as well like i think it it gives you something to relate it to and it it gives you kind of like a bit of a, a a sanctuary from it I think one of the best ones for highlighting things like something like that is Pump Up the Volume, the Christian Slater movie, mm. uh, which literally just fucking tackles all these problems. That that whole, you know, the art of being a teenager fucking head on and in quite an aggressive way. But even that, though, you know, he's, 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 he's quite and quite introverted when he's at school, but he's like this cool kid with this setup at home like that's not most kids no but it, it's uh, the, it? the the way that he empathizes the way that he communicates with 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 everybody mm. within it mm. through that what i will say is the duff also casts uh bella form as the bitch which is perfect casting and works really really well uh i agree for, gr- your, for your pants what for your pants works very well for your pants um, yeah yeah she's 17 at the time i think she's Right, so uh, that's not going to stop you, is it? <laughs> I, I, I would. I have morals somewhere, I think. Hey, you're not getting the opportunity. What I'm saying is, you know. Oh, you say that? Like, <laughs> no, you're right. Fair enough. Yeah, cool. To yeah. be fair, Bella Thorne doesn't look like she's got particularly high standards. So maybe it'd be all right. Well, <laughs> that was chastening, wasn't it? <laughs> but with that, I'm going to leave you go through uh, the first one of these. Let's go for a week. So pick one. We've got all these along here, but not that one. Go. Okay. Uh, I don't want to host. Um. Oh, okay. So we watched Fallen, the Denzel Washington movie. Um, nice. We yeah, we've been on a bit of a thing again with the thrillers and um. Yeah, and Fallen just kind of came up because it's 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 like a thriller, but it's kind of horror-y and it's supernatural. So it, it just it's it's very entertaining, and it's one of those films that I will suggest 
an awful lot because I know that it will only be agreed to very rarely. Um, because Mark's not quite as keen on it as I am. But I I love the fact that it it's it's clever for a start. Um, with the whole kind of you with the the song and the following the uh what's he called Azazel the demon um the bit where he's talking to it on the street and it just keeps moving into different people that are that are passing and the conversation just carries on in that way that I, I really like that bit I also love the fact that the ending of it is so fucking bleak um you know there's most films would kind of cop out in this scenario and have it be beaten at the end and it doesn't he kills himself and he kills the other guy and there's no other humans around and then it goes into a fucking cat and it gets away anyway what a prick what a prick what a fucking prick the thing is we as the viewer know that it can go into cats because it does it earlier in the film so you're watching it and you're like yeah but Denzel, what about bunnies and cats and like foxes and stuff? But he doesn't know because he didn't see that bit. He doesn't know it can go into animals. No, I don't know. We know. We know. Yeah. And all Donald Sutherland's there, so it instantly makes it. It gives it an extra star. It, 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 the film, I, I, I've seen it previously and didn't really enjoy it that much, mm. but giving it another go this time, I, I, I got a lot more out of it this time. Mm. Um, it's Elias Cortez uh, doing his his best. How would De Niro do this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, which I love the fact that literally he has admitted that that is his process. <laughs> is he the Shutter Island man as well? Yeah. 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 Is the, the, the character that, that originally was going to be for De Niro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is his process. And I, I love the fact that he literally admitted that on an, an actor's studio. Oh, he's so creepy as well. Yeah. But I think the, the acting, it's it's... Like, there's a continuity to the character, even when it's in different people. Yeah. And I think that's quite hard to pull off when it's being played by a lot of different people. And it's always nice seeing Joe Bumley and everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What have we got next? We watched The Lost Boys, didn't we? From the Donald to the Kiefer. Yeah, from the Donald to the Kiefer. Um, Lost Boys, it's really good. Yeah, there's not it, an awful it, lot it, else it, to say. It, it, Everyone's seen The Lost Boys, and it's fucking great. It's, it's fun. It still holds up. It's still entertaining. It's... Yeah, it's not lost boys. To use an Ianism, it both fucks and slaps. Uh, <laughs> we watch Courage Under Fire. Yeah. What did you think of this one, Bex? Rewatch, I'd seen it before, but could remember it kind of, but not enough to remember exactly what happened. Yeah, I didn't remember before we watched it that I'd seen it, but I have seen it before. Yeah, because you watched it with me. I liked it. I liked the way the story unfolds. And as they're telling their stories, you get to see the differing kind of flashbacks with the the, the, the different information. Um, it's let down by a couple of things for me. Their insistence on every time Lou Diamond Phillips is in it, he has to have his shirt off. <laughs> see, that didn't bother me. I quite like <laughs> Lou Diamond Phillips in it. I thought he was quite good. It, he was good, but it is... It is if you want to see some gratuitous male nudity, <laughs> you look at any Lou Diamond Phillips film from this era. Always Do- looking for that. I'm always looking for it. It's great. And it, it, it literally is a, it literally is, it's like, they've gone, right, can you take your shirt off there, Lou? Like, like why? When? I mean, just do it. And he's gone. 
All right, fair enough. A <laughs> um, couple of things. I I like Denzel a lot. I really enjoy him as an actor. Sometimes he turns in performances that I'm just like, he didn't nail that one, Denzel. And it's it's when he feels a little bit hammy. And he feels hammy in this. I think the film is a little bit hammy. It is, yeah. Meg Ryan and actually Ryan Nomi Love is a bit crap in this. That was the other thing that I was going to say that bothers me. Meg Ryan, to try to do her big tough girl voice and her big tough girl performance in her clear kind of I don't want to be a rom-com actress anymore kind of move absolutely doesn't fucking work at all on any level. No, it doesn't. The best performance in the entire film is uh, Matt Damon. Matt Damon is really good in it, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, I mean, it's fine. It, it, it's a fine way to while away a midweek evening. It's a midweek movie. Yeah, the problem is, is it's uh, Edward's Wick. Um, it, it's one of those where if he gets everything right, his films are fantastic. Mm. The problem is, I said, Dan, I said to you, and you said about, I said it was Edward's Wick film, you were like, right, well, what's he like? I said, well, he, he, <laughs> he kind of straddles the. Uh, like, like the, the, the barrier of um, being a little bit too um, sappy and sanctimonious, mm. and if you te- you can teeter over that quite easily. And I think Cruise of the is one that maybe does a little yeah. bit too much. Defiance is another one that does. Whereas when he gets it where it works, so something like Last Samurai or Blood, Blood Diamond, Diamond. Um, then it, it's different. Um, what else did we got? So from one film with gratuitous shirtlessness, let's go to the other film that we watched with much more enjoyable gratuitous you not shirtlessness. Enjoy your, your flips? No. You just said you did. No, I think it didn't bother me. But all right. I actively enjoyed this gratuitous shirtlessness. This was fun. You you actively got annoyed with Isabel because she interrupted your enjoyment of shirtlessness. No, I think it was just because she came downstairs when we were watching the film. The shirtlessness was still there when we unpaused, so it's fine. Chris Hemsworth dancing with an open shirt through a fucking meadow and dancing in, in, a, in a bar with his shirt open in 4K. Fine, that, that's all the film needed. The story fairly, might be thin as fuck. Fairly sure that thing was shot on 35mm as well, so that, that, that will look pretty fucking it, great on the old Disney+. Plus. It, it really does. It look does. Good. It looks fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. We were saying afterwards, weren't we? It's trying to go for this kind of this vibe of all these random characters coming together and they end up connected and embroiled in each other's lives. And in reality, they're not. They're smushed together by circumstance rather than actually being yeah. tangled up. It's not as clever as it wants to be. But it's really fucking entertaining. It, it, it's one of those where instead of them all being drawn to the El Royale and all of their stories connect at the El Royale, they are literally just staying at the El Royale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, Jeff Bridges is great in it. Dakota Johnson's great in it and she gets shot in the tit. She just gets shot in the tit. Well, who shoots? Who shoots? Who shoots? And I think Anastasia stealing the tit. In the tit. Rude. You know, Chris Christian Grace. Um, just just everyone's really good in it it's it's 
really good and it looks good and it's and it's got this kind of cool vibe to it and it's it's just a really good the, watch. The, the weird thing about Bad Times at the El Royale is, as a film being made only like two years ago, it makes no sense at all. It's mad that this film got made only a couple of years ago with the people that are in it. Yeah. Um, so that already is a bit weird. It's mad that this is a studio film that also was, you know, two and a bit hours long, and it was this movie. It's too long, yeah. It is. It's too long. However, what I will say is, part of the films that I like about the film is it starts to feel weary within it. Yeah, yeah. So I think if it was half an hour shorter, which it quite easily could be half an hour shorter. It would have had to be pacey. Yeah, it would have, have felt mm. insignificant. Mm. It, it's it's such an odd duck of a film. It, it really is, but I, it, 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 it just works. But it's one I think... That scene where um, uh, Cynthia Erivo is singing and doing the claps so that he can... Yeah. That... It, you could look at that and go, that scene's too long. But it's supposed to build the tension. That's yeah. the whole fucking point. It is. It, it's. I, I. I really like Bad Times at, at the El Royale. I think if this movie was released in 1998 rather than in 2018, I think it'd be looked upon a lot more favourably. I think give it time, and it will be. Yeah, I, I, I could see the, it, it garnering a, a bit more of a what is it? But two more. Two more. Two more. Get through these specs. Um, <laughs> And Ian will get to speak at some point soon. <laughs> That's all good. I was speaking more than enough earlier on. Uh, we rewatched. So basically, I'm kind of using, you know, George's th- 90s thrillers <laughs> list that he made on Letterboxd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, am, I am stealing a lot from that at the moment. I am just fucking working through that list like a motherfucker. So... <laughs> We rewatched Just Cause, didn't we? A film that we called Justy Cowsy for some reason, don't we? I think I, it was. No idea why. Didn't we get like. Missed? No. <laughs> I think we got it on DVD from like a car boot when we were doing the whole like car boot thing. I think you could be right there. And it had like a foreign cover. So everything was in whatever language it was in, and Just was J U S T E. So potentially French. Yeah, which cause. would be Just Cause. Yeah. Um, but because. We thought it was funnier to call it Justy Cowsey. That's just what it's called now. Yeah. So we watched Justy Cowsey. Yeah, that, that was that was Justy a bad time, wasn't it? <laughs> They're going raiding fucking car boots because you could pick up, like, you'd go with a fiver and pick up, like, 20 on DVDs. It was good times. It was good times. You hated it. No, I used to like going to car boots. <laughs> to fucking tell you me. You used to always buy me chips. <laughs> Did you just buy chips? <laughs> um, yeah, just cause. Um, a, a, a film that seems at the start of it way too obsessed with how thirsty everybody is for Sean Connery, in spite of the fact that he just looks like an old man. I mean, he's quite a hot old man. No, no, this is this is hotness by osmosis. People think he is because they've been told enough that he is. I mean, he's not a bad looking dude. He's not a bad looking dude, but he's not a, that every time he walks by a lady, they just go, fuck me, to him. No, because also as well. He's so Scottish in this. No, but that's the thing. He sounds like somebody doing a Sean Connery impression all the way through the movie. He went through that phase, yeah, though, didn't he? Where of he doing just... an impression of himself <laughs> in movies. 
I have to say, I enjoyed it though. It, I enjoyed the Sean Connery doing an impression of Sean Connery. It does, but there's there's moments in it where you're going, I don't know what he's just said because it was such a bad Sean Connery voice, <laughs> and it's Sean Connery's actual voice. <sighs> um, Lawrence Fishburne is great in this. He's so like. He's it's it's it, it's that in between bit where he's not quite made Matrix yet, mm. where he's got a bit fat, where he's got a bit Fishburne got fat, so he's fat burn. Um, but he's still that sinister fucking 90s um, Larry Fishburne. He's scary in this one. And, yeah, th- I mean, the bit where he literally was just fucking met Sean Connery's mm. character. He strangulates him with a um, And he's drinking out of a fucking... He's drinking iced tea out of a jar. Mason jar, yeah. Um, and then <laughs> with a cigar. And then literally sets off and says, put your seatbelt on. Puts him on and then literally just fucking strangles him with a seatbelt while... Just laughing at him to prove a point is brilliant. Mm. Um, and the fact that he's set up throughout it to be the fucking bad guy. Mm. And it, it keeps dropping these hints that, actually, wait a minute, he's the fucking real killer, isn't he? And then it's like, no, he's not. Mm. It, 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 he's just a bit of an arsehole. But he's actually on the right side of it all. He's brilliant. And then fucking... Ed Harris, man. Ian, have you ever seen Just Cars? No, I can't say I have. I would, don't spoiler it. Watch it. What I would say is it, it's a fun watch. There is a moment where Sean Connery... Sean Connery's playing a um, a Harvard Law professor who... Hasn't uh, practised law for like 25 years or something, isn't it? Yeah, hasn't practised actual in a court for 25 years. But is brought down to... Um, Florida, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's brought down to Florida to um, essentially to represent the appeal process of a um, a guy who was convicted of killing, uh, raping, killing a, a young girl. Uh, and so he, he comes down to kind of look over the case and essentially help, you know, see if he can get a stay of execution because he's about to be executed. Well, Ed Harris in that plays another inmate and Sean Connery's character is talking to him to get some information. And it's like somebody just beforehand has given Ed Harris just a fucking shitload of caffeine pills, a shitload of monster drink, and has just gone, right, Ed, we want you to turn this up to 12. And he's gone, all right, all right I can turn it up to 12. I can turn it up to 12. And he's just blinking loads, and then he explodes. <laughs> <laughs> like literally and just starts screaming at Sean Connery and then just sits back down and just goes back to being normal or semi-normal it is it's a thing isn't it mm. it is prime mid-90s thriller yeah yeah it's great um I'm moving on from prime mid-90s thriller to more prime mid-90s thriller what's <laughs> <laughs> uh, primal fear sweet Film- I, I get another film actually, like Fallen, that I nag you to watch quite regularly in the hope that at some point you'll say yes. And this time you were like, yeah. It's it's very very good. It's Primal Fear, yeah, held up by the fact that that Richard Gere is one of those actors where you watch him and you go, he's fucking good. He's Richard Gere, isn't he? Edward Norton is A plus plus in this though. Um, and Laurel Linney's fantastic, yeah. but then Ed Norton in I'm fairly certain his first film role. Was it? Uh, yeah. Um, and yeah. He's he's very very good in it. It's 
I mean, Ed Norton's one that's had such a an, an odd um, career, mm. is what I would say, in mm. the sense that he burned so bright to start off with, <laughs> and then kind of just started pouring water over himself. <laughs> yeah. I was in something called Only in America. Uh, Educational anthology. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, 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 Primal Fear is, uh, is, 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 is a heck of a film. Uh, we need to move on the... Oh, that ending as well. Oh, yeah. fuck. In the face, that ending. I, I love the fact yeah, that it's fucking a right. really fucking bleak ending. Mm. <laughs> the thing is, he's, he's walking away and you're thinking... Huh? Like, when you've watched it before... I think when you watch it, you don't realise when he says it. In the same way that Richard Gere doesn't until he walks away. Hang on, how did he know that? And then you get Ed, Ed Norton's character basically sat in the cell and goes, shit. And then he goes back, he's like, ah, I fucked up that enough. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Prince Akim. Oh, look at you. <laughs> My condolences this day for your father. Many thanks for your well wishes, General Izzy. But as you know, my father still breathes. Barely. But for how long? Why have you come here, General? Thirty years ago, you left my sister at the altar. Oh, here we go. Now look at she. Imani, always a pleasure. If you had married her, our countries would be united putting an end to decades of suffering for all our people. General, throughout the years, we have tried to help Nixdoria many times. I would like nothing more than to help your country relieve its burden of poverty. Mr. Munda can only afford so much. I did not come here for money. I came here for blood. But not the murder kind. No, no, no. Family blood. Marriage blood. So, our second feature review. Uh, it's a bumper show, is this motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> Coming to America um, is directed by Craig Brewer um, and stars Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, Jermaine Fowler, Leslie Jones, Tracy Morgan, Kiki Lane, Sherry Hadley, Wesley Snipes, James Earl Jones, and a lot of other people. And what is it the story of? Well, I'll get the plot synopsis up from, what is it? Uh, the African monarch Akeem learns he has a long-lost son in the United States and must return to America to meet this unexpected heir and build a relationship with his son. Why? Because Wesley Snipes from Nextoria is going to assassinate him if he doesn't provide a male heir, essentially. Nextoria. Nextoria. Wow. Um, first of all, Ian, you only recently watched Coming to America, didn't you? Yeah, it was, what, like a few months back? Yeah, and that was your first watch, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so, how did you find coming to America? Because I think what I'm trying to get at is you've not had, like, 30 years of, of watching this and sitting on these jokes and anything like that. So, I think it's a very different angle that you're coming at it from, than, than for instance, than I'm coming at it from. Uh, so, how did you find it... it it held up um, as a sequel or did it just feel like just a little bit, just too much of uh, nostalgia lookbacks? 
Yeah, I mean, I think the, the problem with coming to America is that coming to coming to America is funny and coming to America is not. And when you're a comedy, that's a problem. Um, comedy subjective, but it feels like a lot of the, the humour in this one is trying to go for the same thing as the first one did. But it's interesting you framed it in that way about me not having like the, the 30 years of kind of love for the first one. Because one of the one, of, you know, I've I've seen various people who really like the first one say, yeah, I didn't get on with this one. It was too pandering, quite frankly. And yeah, I mean, it. I thought it was really slow going. You know, it's what 117 minutes long, which, you know, if Judd Apatow get well used to get shit for he just doesn't really do enough now for making films that are like two and a quarter hours long you know i think craig brewer deserves a bit of shit for bringing in this as long as it is um but also i think the well do you know what women women are, are smart and Maybe they, maybe they should, you know, think of and, and, and be powerful and lead. That that message felt weirdly. Tell me something that's new. You know, um, all the way through, I'm just thinking. All right, well, the the male heir, the fact he is going to get a male heir. Obviously, the male heir is not actually going to, like, be the heir. You know, I mean, I, I suppose I wasn't expecting uh, any kind of surprises in coming to America. But if anything, if you're going to uh, almost like pin your narrative hopes on being seen as progressive at this point, it, it's almost like you need to be more progressive. Um but I mean, but I very much can't speak from the black experience. So I, you know, whether people felt seen by the film, it doesn't. It feels like that. That's not the effect it, it it's having on black folks who are watching the film. Um, you know, but I, I mean, Rufy Carter's amazing costumes aside, it doesn't really seem like there's any of that for value here. I was really disappointed because I thought the first was funny. I thought it was cutting. This feels like it's trying to appeal to everyone and just kind of becomes meh for everyone in the process. But I, I, I mean, I'm fucking intrigued to see what you guys thought of it. Becky, instead of coming to America again, you... I've seen Coming to America, but you're not a huge fan, are you? I'm not a big Eddie Murphy fan. I'm not a big Eddie Murphy fan, are you? I mean, I like the Beverly Hills Cop movies and the... Is it 48 Hours that he's in? Yes. Yeah. They're good. But that's probably about the extent of my Eddie Murphy fandom. Go on. Cut me deeper a little bit. Um, I, ju- I just think a lot of his films are just very fucking juvenile. And Coming to America is, is one of those. 
Um, so I'm not coming at it from a place of love. particular love. No. That being said, because coming to America, coming to America, not coming to America, uh, is a movie that I will often watch when you, you're back in the world. Remember, we used to go out. That'd be silly. We used to go crazy old grandpa. We used to go like kind of girls' night out or something like that, and I'd get myself a takeaway and stuff like that. Often coming to America would be one of those movies that I would I would kind of go to. Now it's just if I'm gaming, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and I do stuff like that. Watch yeah. stuff like that. Polish our movies and coming to America. Yeah. So Karen, go on. Coming to America is very juvenile. It it just is. And if this one, no, the original. Well, I'm this one, but um, but it's fun enough. It's it's fine. It's slightly problematic when you watch it now, and you're a bit like, uh, really? There's there's bits. I can't remember specifics because I haven't watched it in a long time because I just don't. But there's bits that I, I remember feeling uncomfortable about. Unless I'm getting muddled up with the other. Are you getting muddled up with twenty places? That's awful. That is, that, that's just problematic. Correct. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't particularly find Eddie Murphy that funny when he's in full-on Eddie Murphy mode, and he's not as much in this. So I found him slightly more palatable because he's not as just fucking stupid. Um. So yeah. So th- th- that being said. I, I don't have a particular. I don't. I've not got skin in the game with this. Like, um, but I really enjoyed it. I actually, I thought it was quite good fun. Arsenio Hall is is really good in it, and I and I seem to remember him being probably the best thing in the first one as well. I don't like the old men in the barbershop. What? I don't. I just don't. I don't. I don't. Inappropriate old men. No, I'm sorry. No. Oh, you can't cop a feel anymore. It's all right. I got my fair share when I was younger. No, sorry. No, gross. I don't like them as characters. I know I get that they're supposed to be problematic old men, but I don't like it. Um, Quite enjoyed the fucking Prince song when, when he brings his daughter around, when Wizard Snipes brings his daughter around. That was quite good as a set piece. Stupid in the context of the movie. Like, why? But... Like as a musical number, I enjoyed it. Um, quite enjoyed the little girl hitting the man in the balls with a big stick when they had the fight thing later on. Yeah. Very much did not enjoy what's her name Leslie Jones in it. But then I don't particularly. It's gonna make me sound like a right fucking. You don't enjoy her brand of humour. But I don't mind. No, no, no. Because in some, some stuff I like her. Isn't she in Ghostbusters? Yeah. I like her in Ghostbusters. Yeah. I don't like... That's going to make me sound like a right old lady. I don't like coarse female characters that are just coarse for the sake of it. Thanks. Um, That makes me sound like the fucking... What's her name? The Queen character in this, doesn't it? She oh, she yeah, cuts yeah. loose. I did, I did enjoy the bit after she got drunk. <laughs> that was quite funny. But it was it got to the point where it was too like, stereotypical, stereotypical drunk acting. But at first, it was when she was just kind of staggering into the uh, into the room. Um, yeah, it was fine. I wasn't anticipating it as much as either of you guys was. I wasn't looking forward to it as much as either of you guys were. And as such, I think I probably enjoyed it less than you did. And I'm probably less disappointed than Ian was. So I'm kind of in between. It was fine. I'd watch it again. And there's an elephant. <gasps> and the bit with the tiger. <laughs> Uh, the lion, sorry. With the cat food smeared all over the cage. That was funny. 
every bit <laughs> that is in New York, I really enjoyed. Um, the first going back to the barbershop, which I, I'm crushed that you don't like the barbershop. Um, when they're outside and they're still talking about Muhammad Ali from the out, and you can hear it on the outside. Um, it, that was almost like a little warm hug to my heart. Because <laughs> um, just for what is it? I, I adore coming to America. I, it's one of my comfort movies. Um, and but there's 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 too much um, at Zamunda, and it feels almost. Not even feels like. I think they almost actively tell you that it's trying to cash in on a a Black Panther vibe, mm. um, and that irked me a little bit in the sense of yeah, even down to the hairstyle he's given. That's very reminiscent of the hairstyle that what's his face is given in it. Cool, it? long hairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it literally is ripped off from that. Yeah. Um, it's I think like you then said to Ian there is it's trying to please everybody by going all the things that you're going, do you know what? It's been 30 odd years since the last one. We've covered a lot of this. Um, and so it, it's, it's we need to change things. We need to be more inclusive things. Feels a little bit like, uh, I mean, they should have sorted this out at some point in the past 30 odd years really I think they cover that though don't they they cover it but I do think it's a little bit like like, like Ian said there if that is the crux of your story it, it, it's a little bit like alright so this is a loose story and then just a lot of do you remember this from the first one mm-hmm. I think if you if you went into this having not seen Coming to America um, before which I don't know why you would but but I think it's feasible that you that people will do that. Um, I think um, you wouldn't understand majority. I would a good forty percent of the joke. Mm. You wouldn't understand. Um, logic thought. Go on, I'm, I'm just gonna say, Paramount made out like bandits getting a hundred million dollars for this. Yeah, because it, 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 that's like, it, it's it's almost double the budget. Yeah, I like, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm, I think it would have made more than 100 million worldwide. But when you factor in marketing and whatnot, which, you know, they, they hadn't done prior to this being acquired. I, it, I, think, it, I, I think it might have. I don't think it was a sure bet. No, that's that's the thing. I I think if they were like, right, we double our money, end of, you know, and it's like, okay, if they had to spend with marketing closer to 200 million, would this have, if it was, if COVID hadn't have happened and this came out with like alongside like fucking hell, what was due out West Side Story, um, whatever Disney film was going to come out, you know, all that stuff. I I think it would have struggled. I really yeah. do because the word of mouth would not have been there for it. 
No, yeah, I, I, I agree. It, it, it's it's not. The thing is, I enjoyed it because of my love of the first. So I don't think I'll ever watch Coming to America again, whereas I will happily re-watch Coming to America numerous times throughout the rest of my life. Mm. But I, I will probably, I might watch it another one time, but I don't ever envision a world where I would put, where I would think, I'm going to watch Coming to America, the sequel. I will always just put on <laughs> Coming to America. Yeah. Um, that just, it makes more sense. And also, I came up with a better ending for the movie during the movie, didn't I? Yes, you did, actually, yeah. So, I literally took Rebecca and said, I think this is going to happen. And then when it didn't happen, I kind of went, you had the perfect ending built in there. So, um, what's his name? Uh, Lavelle uh, is essentially trying to get hitched to the royal barber, essentially, who can't own a um, a business. Because she's a woman. Because she's a woman. Which, actually, it is trying to shine a light on the fact that that is still a, a law in a lot of African countries. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's something we take granted here. But actually, even in the UK, you know, that's... Not that long ago in the history of what is it that women couldn't own a business, but it still is quite prevalent in Africa, in African countries. Um, I just maybe think that this maybe isn't the movie to shine that light. Mm. Um, but she go, they go back to America, and I turn to Bex and when the perfect ending for this movie would be, she takes over the barber shop, and the head guy from the barber shop. Uh, is leaving it because he sold his brownstone for ten million dollars, and it's literally it's the grand opening, and he's leaving, going. Told my brownstone was worth ten million dollars. Would have been the oh, perfect. That ending. would have been a better ending. It would yeah. have been a better ending. You could have had more in New York. She'd have got to move to New York, which is a better thing for her. He gets to stay in, in New York, but as the ambassador to yeah. Zamunda for that, and you get the the whole the joke about the brownstone being worth ten million dollars runs itself back mm. because the brownstone probably is worth ten million dollars oh, yeah. now, yeah. Um, and that would have just felt a better ending. It would have felt more fun and more lively, uh, and just more in keeping with it. This mm. movie not ending in New York makes no sense. Yeah, because we haven't seen anything of Zamunda. Other than the palace, still. No. Yeah. Two movies. Yeah. yeah. Don't know what Zamunda's like at all. Um. And, and so it, it. I'm a little bit disappointed, but I did laugh enough. But I I didn't laugh at anybody new. I laughed at with exception Tracy Morgan. But I will always laugh at Tracy oh, Morgan. I fucking hate Tracy Morgan in it. Um, you can fuck right off. But I, I did laugh enough at um, Eddie Murphy. I laughed enough at, at Senor Hall um, and John uh, Amos. I laughed uh, enough at him. That ending with that shit band, which was just clearly a callback to a pre- the previous movie, was just shit. Sexual chocolate. Shit. It was great. No, it was awful. <laughs> it was cringy as fuck. <laughs> Yep. Forgotten about that awful fucking ending. <laughs> I'm definitely not shit. I mean, no, it's definitely not shit. It's just 
definitely not. But, definitely but, not shit. But I can understand why other people might not be. I might have to go touching cloth. That's on fine. It. I, I, I'm, I'm also. Are you touching cloth as well? Yeah, I'm also touching cloth. I can't. I can't quite go shit, but I'm not far off it. I'm really disappointed. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm probably. I'm. I'm nowhere near shit because it's. It, it. It's not. It's not shit. It, it's entertaining enough. I'll see your whole saves it for me. <laughs> That's he is good. The bit where he's having the argument with Tracy Morgan though is brilliant with the both of the TV thing. See, that is funny, yeah. Um I, I feel really awful. What? I feel like I'm trashing something you really love. No, because I, I, I admit that literally the thing is coming to America got me in the nostalgia feels because it, you take away all the nostalgia. And yeah, mm. I think it is. It's not very good. Mm. Um, but I, I do have the nostalgia, so I'm forgiving it an awful lot. Mm. Um, our audience poll definitely not shit fifty percent, which I'm very happy with. <laughs> um, touching cloth thirty eight percent and shit thirteen percent. What I will say is, it's one of the first prime movies in a long time where they seem to have made a really fucking big deal yeah. of it and yeah. told people about it mm. Mm. Uh, do that more often Prime you know I don't want to constantly open Prime and have to find the premiere that I am <laughs> about to watch yeah by actively searching for it letter by letter and having to put in most of the name before it comes up <laughs> yeah uh, questions we have a few actually okay. uh, so I have done no prep for questions because I've been just too excited about all the stuff that we're getting in for our cooking and heating garden at work. <laughs> First of all, uh, Rick Kidd, at Rick J. Kidd. As we approach a year of effectively being in lockdown restrictions uh, of one sort or another, have That's you found your taste in films changing? For instance, I'm finding myself watching more escapist films to get away from things or rewatching other favourites to feel more comfortable. I can I... Watch more bleak shit, don't I? <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> Whereas I'm having my rom-com Saturdays. I'm not watching anything that challenges me. Ian, I was thinking about this when you said about your rom-com Saturdays, about you enjoying music and lyrics. Have you ever seen Two Weeks Notice? No, but it's... Oh, no, I haven't. Oh, shit. That yeah, that, might have that's to happen, Andy B and uh, directed by the guy who directed music and lyrics. Yeah, there you go. All and right, yes. Yeah. Have you uh, seen the classic adventure rom-com Fool's Gold? Oh, I've seen Fool's Gold. I test screened a print of Fool's Gold back in the day. I fucking love Fool's Gold. <laughs> I, that's probably one of the few rom-coms that like, I genuinely... Is that because Matthew McConaughey runs around without his shirt off the majority of it? I mean, it doesn't hurt. But then I, I equally appreciate the aesthetic of Kate Hudson running around in a bikini for a lot of it. So She doesn't do that, though. <laughs> I feel like she does. She doesn't that. I feel like she does. But she doesn't. <laughs> Um, oh, do you know what I'd like to watch? What? Skeleton Key. Fair enough. Do we have a solid? Um, I, I, I think I a little bit. I'm wanting to watch things that are probably more familiar, and I'm not wanting to go down too bleak a route. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm... But I'm also because of the time element, and I've got a little bit more time than I would normally have. Um, I, I'm like I'm fine with going at ten o'clock at night, going oh, this movie's two and a bit hours long, but 
So, mm. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I find I'm watching a lot more. So you're watching a lot of thrillers, aren't we? Yeah, we're going through a big 90s thriller thing. And that's because they're entertaining. But when, when I watch stuff on my own, there is a certain element of like nostalgia films for me, but it's stuff like Whatever Happened to Baby Jane and I want to rewatch uh, Red Shoes and I've got Harvey queued up to watch and stuff like that. Yeah, you, see, you see, my stuff when I watch stuff on my own is Becky will not want to watch this. Watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> have you... Have you managed to locate audition for me anywhere? No, I've also got it on DVD upstairs. Is it not on Arrow? It might be. Have a look. <gasps> you have the Arrow app as well. I do. House, House is on Mubi. House, know. House who? Yeah, I know. How exciting! <laughs> um. Sorry. Could you just run and grab the charger? Absolutely not. Um, What's the next question? Well, it's. Mark's Tom and Jerry on a plane incident. <laughs> uh, sorry, this is by Christopher Burns. Uh, um, Mark's uh, Tom and Jerry on a plane incident is to be dramatised and released as a turbulence remake. Who plays Mark? Who plays the put-upon stewardess? And who directs? Well, Ian asked me to think about this, and I have. I have thought about it an awful lot. Don't be mean to yourself when you're passing yourself. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm really not. <laughs> I've been meeting the guy who's playing me. <laughs> I am. I am very much being. You know, when 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 you have people playing something and then it comes up at the end of it and you go and like at the end of Blow when it comes up and shows the real John yeah, Young and you yeah. go, oh, Johnny Depp, fucking really? <laughs> I'm going for that. Okay. I'm still ah uh, the, the director is is still he's still getting me. I've been through a lot of different what is it here. Uh, but I've settled playing me in Jake Hall. <laughs> okay. Right? For a long time, the put-upon waitress, the waitress put-upon uh, air hostess, for a long time, was going to be uh, Pike. But I thought, no. She won't put up with it. She won't put up with it. She'd have literally just... <laughs> probably throw me out of the plane so i went through a lot of different people yeah and then fell back and went the literal the perfect one the foil for it is right there it's staring me in the fucking face yeah jake Hall is the me mm-hmm. so the affable idiot who enjoys tom and jerry who can't stop laughing and the air hostess who finds this baffling and finds me to be frankly an idiot. Yeah. Maggie Gyllenhaal. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Yeah, enjoying that. I feel like yeah, she'd she'd be able to communicate being sympathetic up to a point and then just getting really pissed off with you. Yeah, I I, I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. Uh, for a while, I was settled on it possibly being a Coen <laughs> Brothers movie. Uh, but then I thought, I think you're reaching a little bit too high there, Mark. You're going, you're maybe, you, you, you pushed your luck a little bit, a little bit, mm-hmm. by having um, Jake Gyllenhaal playing you. So I've settled yeah. on somebody who I think would be on my side. So I've gone for Kevin <laughs> Smith. <laughs> yeah, fair. So in my, my world, that is it. In reality, 
what will probably happen is uh, it, it, it will be Kevin Smith. I'll be played by Jeff Anderson and be a complete fucking prick. <laughs> Um, and somehow uh, uh, Rosario Dawson will come back and play the Kevin Smith and play the air hostess. I mean, she, yeah, she won't. So, yes, that's where I landed with that, yeah. I mean, I'm glad that in this sort of clerks esque world scenario, you cast yourself as, as Jeff Anderson instead of the other one. Dante. Yeah. Yeah, no. No. Because you are quite mean to yourself often, aren't you? Yes. Yes. Uh, and then our final question uh, from Fantastic Mr. Wolf, uh, Makasizu, uh, says, we've had a huge amount of films about race in the last few years. Uh, do these films get an easy ride from critics because of the subject matter, because they're worried about a backlash? And are you more uh, wary of giving a low score on Letterbox? Not wary of giving a low score in the fucking slightest, but, nope. um, you know, we've... You know, in terms of my experience of speaking to people and interacting with people, I think something like Selma, for example, uh, I think it's fair to say that we've been pretty... Deverinay is not necessarily all that. Um, yeah. Weirdly, I think in there, Selma was one that came to my mind straight away as well. Yeah, um, but at the same time, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not worried about that because then I look at One Night in Miami and Black Klansman, for example, um, and I suppose if every single film that was directed by a black person or predominantly starred black people, I had a problem with then I'd probably be looking at myself and thinking, hmm, that's weird. I wonder, what, you know, there seems to be a link there, but I'm not. So no, I'm not worried about that. In Do you think it some... happens in the, the wider world of film criticism, though? Is, I think it's part of the question as well, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I don't know. It's interesting. Have I drafted tweets and then not sent them in the past when discussing when looking at tweets and thinking like yeah I think you're probably going a little bit overboard in your prayer like when Selma I didn't really say my piece on Selma and the, the thing is Frankly, what do I have to contribute to the conversation? You know, I say my piece on here. If anybody wants to take me up on that, then I'm I'm happy to have that discussion. But you know, they don't. So if if people are having a if people are saying, "Oh, Selma's the best thing," blah blah blah, blah and uh, you know, especially if 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 it is a person of color, I'm not going to come in and say, "Hey, I." white man here's my opinion here's why i think you're wrong you know a few years back i got uh like rather uh flamed on twitter for um people saying that they thought it was ridiculous that scarlett johansson was starring in ghost in the shell um yeah and me me saying well have you seen the film 
them saying no and me saying well if you see the film they actually make a pretty within the context of the film quite a good argument as to why she is her and then i got into a discussion with someone where they said well yeah essentially do you want me to uh tell you why this is wrong and it was like well yeah I'd, i'd like to know and then that person seemed to think I was being sarcastic. And then, yeah, I, I got quite, you know, quite a lot of shit from random people on Twitter for that. And, it, it you know, it, it's interesting because with social media, if you can't talk to the person, if you can't see that that person's face, it's very, very hard to judge tone on both sides and i think those people genuinely thought i was being sarcastic and i wasn't but at that but at the same time that interaction made me a little bit gun shy in in having those conversations on twitter but again i look at it and it's like what the fuck is that actually going to bring to the world you know, I mean, you could say, what the fuck is this podcast bringing to the world? But it's, I like having the conversations with you guys. That's what it brings. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, does it affect my rate or anything? Uh, no, not at, at, at all. Um, I think people know that I'm stupid enough uh, to like and dislike stuff that is mental. mental. Um, no I, one takes your opinion. No, they don't really. Um do I think that a, a wider, more um, critical world that takes themselves more seriously? Um, do they? Yeah, they do. There's no getting away from that. I think. I think they they do. I think it, there is a, um, a reticence to to put criticism on something that they might get criticised for putting criticism on. Mm. Um, I, for a number of years now be a good idea or a bad idea um i will i consciously on social media do not um comment on things that i don't like so if somebody is talking about a film that they really like and like that even if i really don't like it i will not comment on what is it because why do you want to harsh someone's why why would you want to chirp in and, and and tell someone that really enjoyed something that you think it's shit mm. you're not contributing anything other than just being a dick mm. um and i also don't see the point if, if i don't like something if i really like something will i go on and put out there really liked it yeah if i don't like something will i go on and put that i really didn't like it no will i put that i didn't get on with it or anything like that maybe mm. yeah but i just i don't see the need to try and poke people with negative negativity it, 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 it's just it's the way that i am I, i've chosen to now operate years ago yeah i used to do it and it, it used to piss me off actually um and I, it baffles me um how much how much energy people put in something that they, they don't like mm. is it is frankly baffling to me um I, I simply do not engage on social media anymore. And it makes me sad because in the in the early days of Twitter, it's a really good little film community that we were part of, which we met Ian through, we met Noel through, Mike, Mike and Hannah. You know, it, it was it was a it was like this lovely little fucking place that we all just discussed shit. But then again, I, I think you could tell. Well, yeah. Entirety of, of yeah, it does make me sad that I don't, I don't 
But then if I if I were to put something on social media, the, the community are on there and the algorithmic like shit that shows you what it shows you rather than you just seeing it in time order means that it's not going to reach the people that you're actually kind of trying to communicate with anyway. It's taken all the social out of social media. Yeah. It's just screaming into the void now. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. It's like as I get older, I, I, I think I just kind of realise that I'm a straight white male. The world attitudes in the world are becoming far, far more polarized than I, I I ever remember them being in my lifetime anyway. And I don't have. It sounds it sounds kind of awful, but I don't have enough get up and go in me to truly learn about the experiences that other communities necessarily have so in instead of like having an opinion on trans issues on gay issues on issues of rape i i i, I don't know I, I have an opinion on those but i suppose it's aside from supporting progression i'd rather just stay out of it like the i don't know it's it's difficult i'm i'm, I'm struggling to explain myself here but no, the, I, I, I think i know exactly what you mean it, it's yeah there's a I, I don't see what my voice in my position is necessarily going to add yeah it, it, I, I agree it, it's the there's a i'm i'm happy in where my opinions are i think i am personally in the in in, in the right uh not in the, to the right in the right where i look at it i'm very what a fucking divorce <laughs> uh i'm very uh progressive in my views and very liberal in my views um but there's an element of i am also very conscious of the fact that i don't need to comment on everything i think there's value in sitting back and letting people for whom that is their lived experience have their voices without being interrupted i think there's too many times that on certain issues people who the issues directly don't involve mm. are too busy trying to co-opt it co-opt it and mm. be supportive and show how much they support these things mm. that it, it literally it's like right you're doing more damage there's supporting and being an ally and then there's just setting up your instagram grid so it looks like you're supporting and being an ally and actively doing nothing but yeah a lot of it's for sure mm. my whole thing about that i always say to you the problem is gay pride now for instance. Oh, fuck. sorry glitter mug. The, the okay sorry the dog was barking then she's just stopped um um donna's just gone out for a second and lottie's asleep so i'm trying to um i think yeah. we've gone a little bit off topic um with regards to the, the the film conversation i suppose haven't we i i mean it doesn't it doesn't affect my my opinions on films and this is the only place really that i express them i don't rate things on letterboxd and i don't tweet so really it's if i if i don't like a film i wasn't particularly keen on one night in miami it was, it was fine i enjoyed it well enough but I, I wasn't as hot on it as say ian and i didn't feel pressured to yeah 
say that I did more than I did. So I guess yeah, yeah, that's yeah. my answer to that question, really. Yeah. It's like, no, my opinion is my opinion. I'm not going to shit on anyone else for really loving it, though. No. Um, I think that's where a lot of it comes yeah. from. Isn't it? Thank you very much, guys, for the questions. That's fucking good questions this week. That's good questions recently. Hmm. Thank you, guys. Hmm. Um, keep them coming. Uh, you can send them at any point. Don't wait till we ask. Just send them and we'll keep them for that next available show. Ian, what are we covering next week? Just to clarify, questions are also allowed. Like, I really enjoyed the favourite cheese and favourite bread ones that we had a few months back from, from various people. They were fun and thought-provoking as well. Yes. There's no stupid question. There's not. The, the stupid question is the question you don't ask. Exactly. Nice. Uh, next week, I believe it will be the Apple TV Plus original Feels like it's been around for fucking ages and actually just hasn't come out. Uh, Cherry, the Tom Cherry. Holland film. It is, yeah. That was the one with the stupid poster. It, it, yeah. it is the new Tom Holland Apple TV film that has no buzz around whatsoever. Re- yeah, really looking forward to a very mild, definitely not shit on that one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to going, well, that was the most 7 out of 10 movie we've watched this year. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Doesn't exactly sound compelling, I'm not gonna lie. Nothing about it seems compelling, but it, it, I, I just think it'll be alright. It's I'm fucking. The fact that there's a man in it named Forrest Goodluck. Fair enough. That's fine. I, I think it says everything that the Russos cashed in their check after Endgame on Cherry, and what are they doing next? Oh, actually, no, 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 no. We want to build a franchise for Netflix, and it's got Ryan Gosling and Chris, uh, Chris Evans in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It. I don't know. It kind of feels like they've gone. Can we go back to doing the indie dramas? No, no, you don't want that. Okay, then. All right, fine. We'll, we'll, we'll just do. We'll just do what you want then. Yeah, it's mad. Um, that, that, that's the first Russo's brother movie. When Russo's brothers, I thought, ah, oh, producing. No, they've directed, haven't they? Yeah. And that's the first one they've done since Endgame. Yeah. Yeah. We'll it's see. Going to be an odd one. It's going to be a very interesting one, I think. We'll see. Not to the film, but just what happens with it. So, right, that was episode 388. Uh, we thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much, Becky. Uh, thank you very much. And thank you very much, Ian. Thank you very much. And we shall speak to you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye bye. She's made it through the wilderness somehow. She's made it through. She didn't know how lost she was. Until she found you She was beat Incomplete She'd been had She was sad and blue But you made her feel Yes, you made her feel Shiny Like a virgin, touch for the very first time. Like a virgin, your heart beats broken time. Gonna give you all her love. Her fear is fading past. In saving it all for you, only love can last. She's so fine and she's thine. She'll be yours till the end of time. Cause you made her feel. Yes, you made her feel she had nothing to hide.
virgin. Watched for the very first time. Like a virgin. Your heart beats. Move inside like a virgin. Feel so good inside. She makes me bold in her love thought on. Yes, her love thought on. What was scared and cowed. Family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.